taking off in five, four, three, two. Um, okay. I, I, I want to start here with a little something. Um, obviously, we knew uh, or we know Game of Thrones ended, what, a few what, months ago? Back in what? May? That was when Avengers came out. So like back in April, right? April, May. April, May. Yeah. Somewhere around there, right? You know, I think the Battle of Winterfell was in April because April. it was the same day as uh, uh, Endgame. Endgame, yep. Yeah. Um, that was a big day. It's a huge day. I, I still, I'm still, still one of the best uh, yeah, days of I, the year. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to go back to that day to experience it all before all the bullshit about Game of Thrones started, really. And uh, although yeah. that was kind of like the day when all the shit about Game of Thrones really started. Um, but I, 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 around that time, I, you know, we were doing a lot of reviews for, for the, the show, and there are a lot of people out there doing reviews for the show. I want to call to attention one of the saddest things I think it is to see. Mm. I don't one know where this things. is going, but I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> one of the saddest things I've seen are all the channels, are all the, the uh, you know, the, the Instagram, you know, accounts that were dedicated to Game of Thrones. Oh, yes, to yes. watch them post Game of Thrones is sad. Oh. Like, I followed one like GOT Insider. Yeah. I think it's like one of the more popular ones. And okay. it's just like, oh, there's, there's, there's no content there anymore. It's, <laughs> it's a barren wasteland. The, the last few posts I saw was like of like the GOT uh, re- cast reunion at the Emmys and yeah. all that stuff. And, you know, they were, they were like, fuck, here we go. You know, we got one more shot. Uh, now it, it's really done. Well, well let, me, let me, so let me, let me explain why it's so sad because they're caught between a rock and a hard place. The reason I've why always they, hated that saying, but continue. But why? Yeah, it's it just it's just nasty. Okay, saying it, like <laughs> listening, it, just hearing it, somebody, hearing somebody say it is nasty. All right, come up with a better better phrase. I won't right now. I'll just continue with what Rock I'm about to say. Place, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but so the reason why they're caught between a rock and a hard place is because, uh, for one. Um, so obviously Game of Thrones ended uh, and they don't, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out what do we do afterwards? You know, so some of them just post like personal shit. And it's like, I, I don't want to see it. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I need to come here for that. Yeah. Tell me about know. how your wife won't let you see your kids. <laughs> <laughs> and try and tie it into some Game of Thrones. Oh, shit. God, it's gross. Um, but then also the reason why they're, they're all because they can't shut it down now. You know why they can't shut it down? Because they know two prequels are coming. Mm. so it's like you don't want to shut it down and lose all those followers and shit yeah so you got to keep it open fuck yikes you gotta you gotta post just the same oh, shit God. after shit you gotta and, you gotta and, review the same episodes you don't 18 even times. know when those shows are, so are, are you're premiering just, it, you're just you're just you don't know limbo. where they're at in production oh my god dude it's that's like purgatory gross, dude yeah it really is every day oh my god is this what dante was talking about thing. when he's talking about the inferno yeah, this, is like, <laughs> this is it this is it every day the alarm goes off oh god time let's, to post let's do it old again. game of thrones content <laughs> uh, go to work so post look. more tonight go to sleep post again in the morning yeah for the next uh, Four years until these shows premiere. So I tell you what, uh, hey, shout out to you know the uh, the, the sad motherfuckers out yes. there who have to keep this shit. Good going. luck. Yeah, uh, keep it going and Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more thing before we hit the intro here. Um, 
one more thing that I thought was uh, was a little quick hit thing I thought was funny was uh, you have um, uh, 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 Gwyneth Paltrow in the news again, and she uh, was yeah uh, I saw this yeah Fucking. where she basically was trying to clarify her statements about forgetting that she's in the uh, the uh, the Marvel universe basically or she was in Spider Man not knowing who Sebastian uh, Sebastian Stan was uh, the Winter Soldier of course. Um, uh, and she basically said, oh, it's because um, there's so many films and I didn't watch it afterwards and yada, yada, yada. Uh, this is uh, this is the the epitome of um, I, elitism. Is, is that what I, the word I'm looking for here? Because I don't know if that's the right. Word, no, no. Do, 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 the reason why I'm drifting towards that word elitism is because you're telling me you got paid to do a job, be in a major Hollywood blockbuster and your excuse is ah, i just didn't see it afterwards so therefore i forgot i was in it what yeah. it's like she had to show you know what she, she had to show up on set that day right so you mean that entire time when you're going through readings when you're doing makeup you're doing hair you're all the shit that goes on in pre-production before you even start filming right the motherfucker with the what is that thing called where they go like action it's a it's a slate the Clapper, slate, yeah. yeah, that says the name of the movie on it or the, the scene, or, right? <laughs> You're not even looking at it. <laughs> what did, like, what the fuck yeah. happened? Does she, I wonder if she remembers the day. Like, do you? What kind of Probably drugs not. were you on? Uh, no, you know what? Uh, this didn't clarify it. It just made her sound even dumber somehow. Oh shit! It all makes sense now. Okay. You remember Terrence Howard at the Emmys? <laughs> He got his drugs from Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, oh yeah, whatever. Oh, because they were in the first Iron Man by together, right? Of Jesse Pinkman, yo. yo it's all, <laughs> it's shit. all connected. It's all crystallizing right yeah. now. Holy Jesse shit. Pinkman was yeah. selling the Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. she let uh, Terrence Howard try some of that shit. <laughs> They're all fucking connected. Have Have they ever done a movie? Maybe I don't know. I, well, I they bet they have. <gasps> Iron Man one. No, I mean, yeah, we know Terrence Howard and Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow. Oh, has the movie. Jesse uh, Peekman, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm. Let me think. I don't know. We got to do some research on that one. Yo, yeah. they're, they're connected in some way. No, definitely. Uh, if she starts talking about math, it's over. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Your boy, T.O., as you know. It's your boy, O-Rain. Real name, no games, no gimmicks. Yo, it's the motherfucking paid podcast. <laughs> paid podcast uh, <laughs> yeah i um, wish we're, we're, yeah, no, right. <laughs> this is the fade podcast the one-stop shop for everything tv media and film related along with any of the goddamn thing you want to talk about coming to you live direct heart studios baltimore city what in the fuck is up yeah Yo, you know what i was thinking about today yeah um and this is just a waste of uh cognitive space <laughs> <laughs> okay some of these thoughts i have occasionally sure um we're adults now, right? Yeah. To be an adult when you're paying taxes and you've got bills and credit cards, it's all the not fun shit that comes with being a, an adult. Mm-hmm. You reminisce about when you were younger, right? Yeah. When you were like, let's go back to 2004, you know, when for me, I was like a middle, I think I was in like, I was in high school, right? Uh, yeah, you would have been maybe a freshman. Like freshman, right? Yeah, freshman or sophomore. Do you know, and this is before you needed alcohol and marijuana and hard drugs and naked <laughs> women that? to have fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? You could just hang out with your boys. Sure. You know when you knew it was going to be lit, when you were going to have a good fucking time? Yeah. Is when you heard, 
EA Sports. Oh yeah, yeah. it's in the game. Somebody's yeah. gonna be crying. Somebody's knew, gonna cry. Yeah. Somebody's gonna be hyped. You knew there were uh, six hours yeah, of yeah, Madden yeah. ahead of somebody you. was gonna throw their controller on the ground. It, it, it was oh, all yeah. gonna go down. Yeah, it yeah. was gonna be revenge matches. Yeah, you, yeah. you were gonna sit and watch six hours of your friends playing video games, and it was yeah. gonna be a great fucking time. No, hundred yeah. percent. And my MySpace was popping. Right, remember that? <laughs> well, maybe, Tom. Yeah, that remember Tom? He still kicked <laughs> up. Fuck Tom, is Tom? Tom, the dude who created MySpace. Is that, is that that's what his name was? Tom. Tom. Yeah. You remember your first when you created an account? And your first uh, MySpace friend was Tom. No, I don't remember any of that. I, it took me a while to get on MySpace. To be perfectly honest, if I'm anyway, yeah. Tom is. Uh, he, I think he sold the company for like six hundred million or something like that. And this was like yeah. 10, 12 years ago caked up smart guy shout out to you tom yeah uh this this podcast is sponsored by tom no uh, tom if you want to donate no I'm, I'm pretty sure we can get uh sued for that so uh no nah, not at all, not at all. <laughs> we can get sued for that i don't know i just, <laughs> <laughs> I just listen, listen, I'm, listen, I'm trying to get us sponsors okay <laughs> uh okay and, uh, and maryland man that, <laughs> If you've listened yeah, to yeah, previous shows, yeah. and you're very you familiar with Maryland Man with me. It's in production. It's coming soon. <laughs> when I do not know. Uh, and if you listen to previous shows, you know also that's a lie. That there's nothing of the sort. It'll coming. come out when these Game of Thrones prequels come yeah. out. <laughs> so just like these uh, Game of Thrones uh, uh, Instagram prequel, pages, yeah. I'm going to keep talking about it. Yeah, it They're going to keep happen, posting yeah. about it. It may never happen. <laughs> um, all right, let, let's jump straight into the fucking goods here. Uh, let's talk about some upcoming uh, movies and shiznit uh coming out this week let's talk about what's coming out in theaters uh let's talk about um this movie that's that's coming out uh that uh is starring a one will smith gemini man um what do we think yo so the more i see the previews for this movie um i think before i just saw a teaser and like the first trailer and i think i saw the second official trailer yeah during the uh joker um trailers <laughs> i don't know why I keep that like, yeah. uh, it, it keeps getting better and better the the action looks fantastic these the vfx look phenomenal uh the storyline you know is starting to show through a little bit more looks phenomenal i'm excited for this movie like after bright you know what i mean i think i think will smith at a certain point was like on a not not that he was ever on the low right you you think he he kind of went? Remember After Earth? Uh, nobody remembers After exactly. Earth. Exactly. <laughs> so he, he did After Earth, and people were kind of like, uh, you know, what's Will doing? <laughs> now right. that was that was because of Jaden. He was trying to get Jaden popping, so he was like, all right, yeah, let's see like, this shitty film. You know, Will. Uh, he, I know he's your son and all, but fuck him. Right? <laughs> That's how everybody felt about After Earth. This movie looks good. Yeah. Um, it has the intensity that you want. It has a great storyline. Yeah. Um, so far, I like everything I see about this movie. Yeah. Uh, so to give you guys a quick synopsis of the film, um, Henry Brogan is an elite assassin who becomes the target of a mysterious operative who can seemingly predict his every move. Uh, to his horror, uh, he soon learns that the man who's trying to kill him is a younger, faster clone version of himself. This film's directed by Ang Lee uh, and is due out October 11th. Uh, so of course this Friday, um, and, uh, yeah, so it's got a uh, Will Smith in it. It's got uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, Winstead, uh, and Benedict Wong, um, that everybody fucking knows from, uh, you know, being, um, uh, damn, what's, what's this character from Dr. Strange? 
Is it Benedict Wong? Is that his name? The I, guy I, who I, plays not, I, not, 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 no no Benedict Cumberbatch is who plays Doctor Strange. Yeah, I know that. The, but the other dude's name is Benedict yeah, yeah. Wong. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, a lot of Benedicts in that. That's, that's weird. <laughs> I thought yeah. you were combining them by accident. I no, like, I I was giving factual. <laughs> uh accounts of uh what's going on here um yeah I, I don't know i i think this movie seems like it could be a hit or it could be a definitive miss um i know they're trying to really use this 3d technology um and they promise that it's worth it for the 3d uh some of the sort of chatter i've heard <laughs> they about promise it promise it's worth it yeah yeah ever since avatar they've been like guys we we promise this 3d guys, thing it's we gonna swear <laughs> we fucking swear we, we, we didn't lie to you this time we lied to you last yeah, time dude i think the last Our bad the last movie i saw in 3d was um this movie uh with sam worthington what was the movies that, that he was in where they were about like um like um, um damn he was in uh damn. avatar too right yeah, he yeah he was in, he was yeah. the main guy in Avatar. Um, the oh yeah, so he's got a thing for like three D movies. Uh, damn, who was he's the, movie? the one who's lying to us? Yeah, probably. Uh, I can't remember what the fuck the movie is. It was a about, Sam Worthington movie. It was, it was about like a Zeus and all these other gods. Oh, uh, and Clash shit. of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was it was it was I think the sequel to that, which was like Wrath of the Titans or yeah. some shit like that. Um, you saw that in three D. I don't know why. I don't know what possessed me. I don't, I, I don't know. That was when 3D <laughs> tickets weren't that expensive. <laughs> All right, you know what? I think was it the first one or the second one with Liam Neeson where he was like, "Release they, they, the Kraken." That was. I mean, that was definitely the first one. Yeah. Um, that was that was one of the best movie lines of all time. Or at least most memorable. I don't know if it was one of the best. Just it was, really memorable. Uh, no, it was because it, it was top ten. It was used as innuendo for sex. There, therefore, after true. Yeah, but it was also like I remember that scene vividly. It was also a great scene, great delivery of that line. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Good, good job, uh, Liam. Yeah. Liam, even yeah. after all that, uh, wanting to kill black men. Uh, remember that shit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, I just wanted to kill Look, a black Whatever, guy. man. People, people still hate on him for yeah. that. But like, dude, like no, he was just like being fucking all, he was, honest. He was being. He was like, look. Look, a black dude killed my, or not killed. Uh, I think uh, raped his raped best his, friend. Yeah, and he was just like, I was just looking for the first yeah. black guy I could see, and he's like, Yeah, I was young, and, and he was admitting I was young, stupid, ignorant. Uh, dude, fucking being honest for once, you guys like hate him. I yeah. hate him so much. See, that's the thing about honesty. Yeah, everybody yeah. says they want it, and yeah. then, when they and then get you get it, it, they're like, you don't uh, want it I didn't want this. I didn't want this. It's too much. I prefer yeah. you lie to me, but just do it very yeah. kind. Um. Okay, so uh, so yeah, Gemini Man's coming out this Friday. Uh, an- another movie coming out this uh, Friday is uh, the Adams Family, um, which do 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 yeah, dude. What what is the appetite on this? Is it the uh, or is it is it a? Tick, I don't know tick, what you're trying to do. Is it right snap, now? snap. I, Adam's I think family. it's the snap. It's a snap. I yeah, thought it was like a tick. Like tick, tick. no, I. I t- <laughs> It's a snap. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, let, let me know how those uh, how that package. I got it. I got it. Terrence Howard, you clearly got a package from him. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, the Adam family is due out this Friday as well. Uh, members of the mysterious and spooky Adams family: Gomez, Morticia, Pugsley, Wednesday, uh, Uncle Fester, uh, Uncle Fester, and Grandma encounter. Who the fuck's Grandma from the Adams family? Grandma. I don't remember Grandma. It's kind of lazy weird. character yeah. to Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> everybody else has cool nicknames and shit you just have grandma um uh encounter a shady tv personality who despises their eerie hilltop mansion uh this is again is uh, due out october 11th uh this coming friday uh and is directed by conard vernon and greg uh tiernan uh and 
uh, this has a uh, Finn uh, Wolfhard in it, who is uh, uh, from uh, Game of oh, not Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, what the fuck's the show on Netflix? Stranger Things. Uh, he plays Mike on Stranger Things. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and Chloe Grace Mortez. Uh, Moritz, I guess it's how you pronounce it, Moritz. Uh, and then, of course, Charlize Theron. This is the Adam Family movie? This is Adam Family, yeah. You know, you, right here. can't see it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know who should be in this movie? Yeah. Uh, just because I read an article on her recently. Do you remember the movie um, The Craft? Yeah. You remember the actress uh-huh. who played Nancy Downs? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Feruza Faru- I don't Bulk. know what her name is yeah, yeah but I got it right here I can, I can see why you would yeah, say Feruza Balk she needs to be in a movie like this yeah because, because she what, has she that dark weird. she has that dark eerie uh, witchcraft studying type of like face <laughs> she and she's like look I'm the sweetest girl possible I need to live this yeah. down <laughs> I feel like she should and after she did the craft I mean I think she did like one or two other big movies and then like her career just kind of fizzled out and I actually Yikes. like read an article on her recently mm-hmm. about like what she's been up to yeah. she's just doing like artsy shit and a little bit of music here and yeah, there that's so fucked up <laughs> minimize everything she's putting her passion she's putting her fucking <laughs> heart and soul into her art you know, and I'm just like artsy shit. shit I don't know what the fuck she's doing uh, but no she's yeah. still doing things that are making her happy but she's like you know she's still interested in doing film as long as she finds the right project sure it's the right fucking project. Where was her agent? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's trying to walk away from those uh, those stereotypes. You know, you don't want to be typecast in the dark witch role. Until anyway. you have rent to pay. <laughs> and then, and then, you and then do, you're like, do what Nicolas Cage is doing. You see, like, hey, is that Scarlet Witch role still yeah. up for uh, Marvel? Is that, is that, I, <laughs> I know it was that, residuals. Are you guys doing another season of Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Netflix? Can I, uh, can I get in there? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so uh, another film coming out uh, this uh, this Friday is uh, Jexy, uh, which is a uh, film. Um, uh, it's about a man's cell phone. Uh, it turns into a, a techn- technological damn, a technological so advancement, technological uh, nightmare uh, when the artificial intelligence program becomes obsessed with him. Uh, directed by John Lucas and Scott Moore. Um, this has Adam Devine in it, along with uh, uh, Alexandra Ship and Rose Byron. I believe that's how her name is pronounced. Let's go with it. <laughs> um, have you seen Have you seen the actual trailer for this? This one I have not. Yeah. Did you add this to the card recently? <laughs> no, no, I didn't add the trailer to it. Um, okay, but uh, no, I haven't seen this one. Um, so his his cell phone, his smartphone, yeah. Siri. It, it's basically. Do you remember the the movie Her? Her with uh, yes, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, with Joaquin Phoenix. This is essentially like almost like a comedic Her, where um, uh, where you know you you have this sort of relationship between the uh, cell phone and the uh the 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 guy yeah but you know but technology and man yeah but this is somewhat like juxtaposition of now because in her he some he fell in love with the ai exactly and in this one the device or the technology falls in love with him essentially or just becomes obsessed not necessarily maybe love but just is very sort of possessive and obsessed you can't do anything yeah and that's basically what the the trailer is becomes obsessed with you you can't text other women of course Even if you get a little throwaway Motorola Razor, (laughs) she's probably connected to that somehow. She's in your Google account. She knows what's going on. You know, damn, you got to go completely off the grid. 
Yeah, yeah. Or got to go back to analog. Yeah, put on airplane mode and you beat her. Like, oh, she's like, ah. No, that's 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 uh, one thing that this uh, this trailer at least signifies is that it's you know she then controls everything. You know, you can't put her in airplane mode because she controls the fucking she controls the shit. She can just take herself off airplane mode. Airplane mode says who? You know. (laughs) So uh, so, yeah, drop her in the toilet. (laughs) Game over. (laughs) Oh, that solves that problem. (laughs) Go get a Samsung Galaxy. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I live in fear of um, technology. Technology doing shit, uh, doing sh- uh, shit like this to us. Um, but also, it's like whatever. Uh, we we've already kind of sold uh, sold ourselves down that river. So yeah. yeah, you know what? I'm the older I get, becoming a little bit more like resistant to at least being up on new tech, mm. right? Like the iPhone 11 just dropped. There's no fucking way I'm getting that phone. Why? Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know need who it. else other than Ellen is getting that phone because I saw her during the, uh, hey, shout out to my Green Bay Packers for dominating the, the hapless fucking the f- uh, Cowboys sloppy make me sick. Dallas, they make everybody sick. It's, it's like fine. A, I can't wait to see a cow. I just want to sh- Shout out to Skip Bayless. The next time yeah. I'm walking down a flight of steps, a Cowboys <laughs> fan is in front of me. I swear to God, I might just kick them down. Uh, hopefully it's just like a small flight I mean like two or three uh, steps yeah, left just, just a few just yeah. a few yeah not not too many um, maybe even a child <laughs> yikes <laughs> just, yeah, all right now oh. we're getting dark now we're getting dark. <laughs> little motherfucker no uh i was saying uh so uh ellen was the only person i saw with uh with one she was uh she was in the skybox with uh uh a one george w bush which is kind of weird since ellen's super liberal and yeah. she's sitting next to george bush well, it was it was weird to see and she yeah. was like not disturbed at all. She was fine. She was just like, yeah. I guess cool. when you look at how things are now, you no. you, you look back no. at the Bush administration, you're like, it, no. wasn't, it wasn't all that bad. No, I think that's what people do when they, <laughs> they're not principled, right? Like when like when you're not principled, you can look back and like, yo, George Bush was actually not that bad. Well, this game was in Dallas, right? Yeah. So, of course, it's in his backyard. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, he yeah. was there. She was there. I don't, I don't know. if do you, do you think they planned to be there together? They look cozy, man. They look cozy. He's definitely not fucking. No. Yes. Mostly because she's gay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean you can't. Shut the fuck up. All right, movie. He probably could. He got that oil money. Okay. As rich as Ellen is, he ain't got that oil money. Oh, oh. That's what you're cooking. <laughs> Shout out to Dave Chappelle. Um, okay. Uh, let's talk about another film that's coming out this um, this uh, Friday. Uh, this is High Strung Free or yeah, high strung free dance. I'm guessing this is kind of like a step up situation. Um, I watched a little bit of the uh, trailer. Didn't really care to really understand what was going on. Um, kind of just bypassed it. Uh, didn't really. Yeah, yeah. Really I'm gonna care. bypass this too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't really look too interesting to me. It's about a, a young choreographer cast a contemporary dancer and an uh, inno- innovative pianist in New York. Uh, New York's most anticipated. Uh, cool. Anticipated <laughs> Get it out show. Uh, But the move throws off the show's uh, Delicate balance when the pianist Falls for the choreographer uh, Again this is coming out this Friday uh, Directed by Michael uh, Damien And when I say this Friday I mean October 11th uh, In case you're watching this out of sequence uh, And it stars Thomas Doherty Juliet Doherty and Harry Jarvis Uh Okay, we can just move on. Yeah, yeah. I, don't give, I don't give a fuck about this movie unless it has Julia Styles in it and that black guy. Julia, <laughs> yeah, I need I need a what's Save the name? Last Dance sequel. Uh, what's the name of the guy? 
Yeah, I forget his uh, name. I always want to say like Omar Epps, but I know it's not him. <laughs> was Omar Epps? No, nah, he wasn't. No, no, no. Uh, he he kind of looks like Tay Diggs slash Omar Epps. Yeah. Uh, the dude's name was Sean Patrick Thomas. I wonder what else he's been in. Let me, let me. He's definitely been in. Wasn't he like Deep Blue Sea? That was L. O. Cool J, but no, 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 no. There was another black guy in, in uh, Deep Blue Sea. Uh, uh, I don't know, Samuel but the, uh, but so this guy was in uh, Cruel Intentions, uh, Lenora, uh, La Lenora, which is a uh, horror film that actually just came out this year. Uh, he was in Barbershop. He was in yep. Halloween Resurrection. Yep. Um, what else was he? Yeah, he's Dracula two thousand. Can't hardly argue that. Dracula two thousand was it was pure shit, but it was fun to watch. Yeah, there, there are a lot of movies that, that fall into that category. I mean, it's you know that's what horror movies are. Usually, they're just shitty movies, but they give you what you ask for. Yeah, I guess. And we are in October, so you know we're in very a lot of cheap B roll or B roll B uh, B movie territory here. Uh, if you're an up and coming actor or actress, that's kind of where you start. You yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you get your break in a yeah, horror movie. Yeah, it's very movie. interesting going back to see like you know what kind of uh, you know some of the higher profile actors and actresses. I mean, look at Scream, the first Scream movie, right? Yeah. That movie had so many actors and actresses that today are like, you know, a list actors. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, the last movie that I want to talk about uh, coming out in uh, theaters this Friday, which is October 11th, is uh, Parasite, which is, uh, I believe, a South Korean film. Um, this is a foreign language film, but um, the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because uh, from the trailers, it just looks so interesting. Um, the, the quick synopsis is uh, greed and class discrimination threaten the newly formed symbiotic uh, relationship between the wealthy Park family and the destitute kim fam uh kim clan although they could have used better words for that mm. um <clears throat> yeah that's a that's yeah a whenever you use kim the word clan, clan yeah yeah there's a lot yeah. of c's and k's working on that 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 doesn't uh that doesn't go well um but this did uh win the palm dior which is i believe the highest prize at the Cannes film festival yeah the Cannes film festival um uh and it uh it just looked really interesting from the from the previews um very very interesting and it 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 reminded me in a way of hereditary where you're not quite sure what genre it's it fits into whether it's like with drama or yeah you're you're going into it cold because it looks like it could be one thing but also looks like it could be a a completely different thing um and i i appreciate that when it's done well when it's done sloppily meaning that like if i came here for some shit and you deceived me because you were giving me some shit in its place uh, I'm gonna, and it's a foreign language film right so yeah it's fucking subtitles i gotta read dude they're, they're gotta some read. of the best movies Ugh, never mind i'm not even gonna no, i'm kidding yeah, yeah some um what was it called the skin parasite no no um the uh, the movie skin right what uh, didn't it have know. like antonio banderas in it maybe i don't know pretty sure it was skin or sure yeah anyway yeah. Some really great movies were like foreign language films. Yeah, like that City of God. I remember yeah, that was City a of God. excellent. Yeah, um, but film. fuck, I have to be in the mood to watch that. That is that is sort of language true. Film. Like I can't just pop it on. Like mm, no. I'm looking for some. I'm not gonna time. get off of after a long day, <laughs> right? After a 12 yeah. hour day, like, yeah, let me watch this foreign language movie yeah, and that's read for out. two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> 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 reading right. who does Can that you imagine um like in another country right 
watching Endgame for uh, language and having to read that uh, whole shit. It's got to be rough. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Because there's just a lot, of, a lot of mindless action going on in Endgame. So I'm sure true, you'll be true. Fine. Yeah. But still, three hours of reading? Fuck. Yeah. That's a lot. It's 2019. No one does that anymore. <laughs> 30 minutes of reading a day is mm. all that happens. Fair enough. Even in school. Grad uh, school. Law school. I'm pretty sure they watch... Uh, they they watch uh, some shit. Hold on. Um, watch some shit. Hold on. <laughs> do, no. you remember, do you remember that Chevy? Um, it was I think it was during the Super Bowl, right? And I'm stalling here so you can figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So it was during yeah, the. That, stu- that's how you see somebody's in trouble. <laughs> like, yeah. let, me, let me throw your life like. <laughs> uh, so, but no, this is something I was thinking about the other day actually. So it, it was. I think, I'm pretty sure it was during a Super Bowl or like a playoff game or. Uh, championship game or something like that right Mm -hmm. and chevy was uh announcing their new like chevy silverado pickup truck with like all the bells and whistles right yeah and the guy who was supposed to be um giving the 30 second rundown on like you know all the features of the truck like has this much horsepower this much touring this much payload it's won these awards for best car and driver magazine blah 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 right Mm -hmm. like it was his first time being on tv and he froze up he was just like uh, it has uh, technology and stuff, <laughs> but yeah. Chevy was smart enough to run with that, right? So in several like uh, campaigns that they did, that was the thing. They just said the new 2017 Chevy Silverado with technology and stuff, right? <laughs> That's awesome. A great fucking save. That really is, yeah. Because you got to know how to repurpose it. Like if you you got to be able to turn what would be an L into a dub. You'll just never lose. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, not only was it a really good social media moment for like that guy, because they kept talking about it on the news the next day. Mm-hmm. Chevy was like, you know what? I'm going to we're going to take this shit. Get that same guy in the studio. Let's film something. Let's do a commercial with this guy. Uh, it was probably like the easiest marketing campaign that they've ever put together. Yeah. Yeah. That's- One of my favorite commercials. I was the only reason I'm talking about that right now is I was watching this thing on YouTube earlier today. It was like like your 10 best commercials over the past like decade. Yeah. It was that. It was the camel one, the hump day guy. Well, I don't know why that resonated so much with people. Yo. It's, very, it's, a, the, it's a big mystery. Why's that? You remember yeah, that? Yeah, that 100%. That was a big one. Every day, like I, it's like, uh, so I used to work in an office and like religiously on Wednesday. Hump, hump day. And it's yo. just like, yo, it's been a year. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's <laughs> still funny though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't think it's necessary for me, but uh, all right. Let's uh, let's jump into some uh, streaming shit here. We're going to talk about what's coming out on streaming this week. Uh, first, we're, we're, let's start off with uh, HBO. We have a uh, torn apart, uh, separated at the border, which is uh, basically just a sort of like a I don't know if it's a docu series or if it's a just a one stand standalone documentary, but it's about exactly what it's saying, which is uh, families that have been separated at the border. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, it's just you know. It's interesting that the times we live in where that can be a thing in real time. Like it's different when it's like five years from now. Yeah. Right. Like or like if if they make a documentary and it's like five years later, let's like talk about this issue. But that shit's happening right now, meaning that like and, you know, obviously it's not the first time it's ever happened. But in in the numbers that it's happening, how much it's happening and uh, the fact that they have zero interest in correcting it. Um, or that they even see that it's something that needs to be corrected is uh, is amazing. Yeah, you know what's funny? So uh, a similar, I think it's a mini series just released on Netflix called 
living undocumented. Yeah, I and I I have to apologize. The we talked about that briefly in the last podcast, uh, and I said living um, underground for some. I think I was just reading too fast, uh, but I I meant to say living uh, undocumented. So one of the interesting things that I saw about about this particular documentary is Selena Gomez. <clears throat> is one of the executive producers of this uh, of Living Undocumented, which uh, is currently available on Netflix, and Selena Gomez just happens to like do shit, and I have no idea why she's doing any of this shit. Like when she when when she's starring in a movie, I'm like, why the fuck did they cast <laughs> Selena Gomez? Why not? Right, she's one of the she's a big star. Yeah. But why she's not a particularly good actress, right? Uh, and, I, I really and, honestly haven't watched her in too much. I'll be honest with you. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking don't. <laughs> um, I was reading this thing the other day. She's like one of the top selling, like international yeah. artists over the past like decade or yeah. something like that. Who I couldn't f- tell you. I couldn't no, tell you one who song. Who the fuck is buying What's her, her music? What's one of her songs? It's a song about being at the club and the DJ's playing your favorite <laughs> song and you're going to dance. The oh, is, night that, away. is that one of hers? I thought that was like Miley Cyrus or something. No, every pop artist no, has <laughs> 12 of those songs. Uh, you know, it's one of the DJ turned the music yeah. up. I'm going to dance the night away. <laughs> one of those bullshit. You, know, you, you can put those those songs come out of just like a song generator yeah the record labels have to have a program where they're just like all right we need a hit um <laughs> we need a party song yeah and they just type in the artist's name and their yeah. age and they're like this song is called party all night but she's got like six albums that she's put out she's like a top selling music artist who the i've never met a selena gomez but i mean truth be told i mean different generations right no bro she's like 29 she's our generation the people who listen to her listening are from a different generation it's not it's not our generation that's really listen to selena gomez i would have to assume I mean, unless you have bought all of her albums and you're just not telling me. But <laughs> I feel like Closet all Selena, Selena Gomez, Gomez fans are like, no, I didn't buy that shit. What the fuck are you talking no, about? No, no, no. She strikes me as uh, one of those people who like, she has a very fervent fan base. I'm sure like the people who do fuck with her, fuck with her hard. You know, they're like, I go hard for Selena. I, I've just never met a single one of them. Yikes, yeah, and she sells true. millions of albums. Yeah, I mean that's that's the generation we live in, right? Like that, or that's the times we live in. Of you know, you have a lot of these like YouTube stars and shit. Like a lot of people on YouTube pop in. Yeah, you just never heard no of them. idea. Who yeah, the fuck that's very true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know how the fuck you are part of this project, Selena Gomez, yeah. but uh, it looks great. Good work. Yeah. Whatever you did, probably yeah. not much, but good work. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> no reason to shit on poor Selena. Yo, and she survived. I think it wasn't cancer. It was. uh Oh man, she had some sort of disease that you know, I think, yeah, she's I think still she had like uh, like liver, like pancreatic cancer or, or something some, like that. Whatever killed Steve Jobs. Was, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was cancer, but but yeah, whatever. She I know, she, like, something, I know yeah. one of her friends donated like a, a yeah, liver to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so so good one on you, man. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need that check if I give you a liver, <laughs> especially if you're rich like Selena yeah. Gomez. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was an easy decision to make. Yeah. Cause they're like, what are you not gonna do it? Like, I oh, you're to... a O negative. Me yeah. too. We're the same Strange, type. crazy. Oh, I've got two livers. Yeah, 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 both of yours are rotten. I, I've I'll got, give you one of mine. I've got two livers. Plus, I still have a mortgage too. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> let, let me. Let me. How much money do you have? Let me actually see the account. 
all right. So uh, that's what's coming out on HBO this week. Uh, also coming out on Hulu this week uh, is uh, Kids Say the Darnest Things series premiere, um, which uh, I believe is uh, Tiffany Haddish. She's, uh, unless I, I have that completely wrong, she's heading that up. Um, this is kind of another one of those things where I'm like, nah, Tiffany, this is, I don't think this is the wave. Like, I mean, I guess obviously paychecks, paychecks, but still, yeah, I don't know. So, what was the most recent movie that she was in with uh, Jen- Melissa McCarthy? Oh, uh, the kitchen. The kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, that did not do too well. Yeah, because it's not like the, a smaller the movie budget. Looked great. Yeah, the movie looked great. I, and I, I I'm think glad it you came said that. Out, I, I want to make a note that I do want to watch that movie. I didn't, yeah, I didn't watch. I think it, it came out do- on a weekend when like another big movie premiered. Um, which it's probably like Endgame, <laughs> which probably just overshadowed this movie entirely, right? And unfortunately, we know that you know any any type of predominantly minority movie is just not going to get the same type of like love and recognition, right? So an all female cast, right, with with a female director. Unfortunately, movies like those don't get the type of love that they do. Like uh, they do every now and then, but uh, yeah, by and, and large. Yeah, sure. but that's the problem. It's yeah. every now and then, right? Sure. So I think this movie premiered during a, during a weekend when another big movie premiered, and it was just overshadowed. But the movie does look good. Um, however, numbers numbers are important, right? So yeah. a film premieres, film doesn't do well, it kind of puts a stain on the actor, or the actress, even if it even if their performance was was stellar, right? Yeah. I think Tiffany Haddish did well in that movie, but to your point, I think Tiffany Haddish is doing things that seem like money grabs instead of, all right, you know, this person's trying to be a serious Yeah, it's kind of like she's just, uh, you know, throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, like, uh, oh, who's trying to pay me? Oh, you're trying to pay me? You're trying to pay me? Sure. And I'll, I, I'll do look, it. I, 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 I could I be wrong. I don't want to hate on her either. Like I, I don't want to sound like oh, I'm like, but it, it just she seems like she's doing a lot of things that is just like. I think they're just kind of just using you because they're, oh, you're Tiffany Haddish. You're yeah. the you're sassy black girl who's just going to say all sorts of reckless things yeah. par- amongst these proper white people. And it's just like, don't let yourself be used. And then when the flame, like you know, when the flame kind of dies then, down then a little bit, then it's like, uh, Tiffany's not hot anymore. Oh, like, who's man. the next girl yeah, of the moment that we you can know? get right now? And I, I just don't want to see that happen to her. Um, yeah. But also, whatever. Like, she's getting the money, so. Shout whatever. out to her, though. She had a yeah. big win on Instagram this weekend, though. So. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Are you you're going to talk about that chingy thing? Yeah. Oh, God. Nah, Th- don't I even mean, bring We're it. on the Tiffany Haddish Ew. topic. Ew. Chingy? First of all, I, I hated. I like I, the way you do that right there. I, I remember, hated the fact. she was hot? Uh, yes. Uh, only because <laughs> it was popping. That's long. I mean, he did day. have tip drill. <laughs> no, nah, that's Nelly. Was that Nelly? I thought it was Chingy. I was Chingy featuring Nelly. That was no, Nelly featuring that was Chingy. Definitely Nelly's song. I don't know. Tip I might drill? Be wrong about that. I don't even care. When Shout I, out to BT Uncut. You know what I mean, uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they come out on top in this you, scenario. You <laughs> turned a boy into a man. <laughs> that tip drill video when yeah. you were fourteen. Yeah, you yeah. learned a lot. It was, it was everything. Yeah, you learned um, a lot. But uh, the thing I hated about this whole thing with Chingy was. You're, you're like no i definitely bang Ch- uh, chingy and his uh friend we're in a day and age where you say the words i bang Ch- uh chingy and that like you're supposed to wear that as a badge of honor well so here's the thing if a guy were to Why? say if Ch- let's say chingy were to come out like yo i've smashed chingy but i mean let's say any any guy in any situation yeah. let's remove tiffany and chingy from it right sure any guy in this situation who's like oh i smashed her and then i hit her friend a week later He's going to, you know, 
name him king, right? He's going to get the crown, put his jersey up in the rafters. That's how, like, men are treated in these situations. So she's just saying, like, yo, like, I, I, could, I could do this shit, too. No, no. I, I smashed I, you. I'm all about and it. And I hit your homeboy a week later. What's I, up? I'm all about it, with the exception that don't use chingy in that but situation. I mean, but that's the real story is chingy. No, no. That's the real story. All I'm saying is it's like, and I would say the same thing about a guy who, well, and I guess that would be mad disrespectful, but like, it's just like, it's chingy. Like, why but like, would you? I, during that time, ugh. right? Chingy yeah. was uh, a top recording hip hop artist, right? It's like me saying I hooked up with like Roseanne and it's like, I don't think that's a, <laughs> it's not a, if it were 1992, <laughs> that might be, you know, you might have gotten. No, but Roseanne was at one point like. Well, I guess you could say the same thing about Chingy. Yeah, at one point he was popping too, but yeah, I mean, at one point in hip hop, Chingy was. But he was top. always like the clown of. He went platinum. You know, right? We're, we're gonna do a press play that I think is very appropriate. They keep playing a song, send in the clowns. And I'm, I'm now I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> no, but at one at a point in time, Chingy was a platinum selling recording hip hop artist, right? And that was, was he a platinum? Recording no, yeah, he went platinum. Daddy. Yeah, can you back that up with actual evidence? Yeah, I want to see evidence. Because when Chingy. I was looking up this uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish thing, it yeah. was uh, pulling up his like mute. Uh, because I think right there, and then he had um, I forget his his I two other you, hits. I know you forget because he only had one. No, hit, he had maybe two, three solid radio hits. I, I wish I had his discography. We've already right spent but anyway, too much time on anyway, it. Anyway, yeah. shout out to Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. You got the W this weekend. Um, you know. I do like her energy sometimes. She's just like, yo, listen, like, you know, I do. She, this she's is got who the, I am. She's got the fucking energy, which is like, and at a certain point, you got to own it because they hooked up. He tried to deny it as if like, oh, I would never hook up with Tiffany. Yeah, no, Harris, like, right? like, okay, so I can come at it from both angles. It's like, it's Tiffany, why are you admitting that? I'm not even admitting, but like, why is this just like, ignore this? Like, why? Yeah. why well, I mean, she was but asked then, a question, but then, right? I, but then I think about it from Chingy's, like, why are you acting as if that's not like leveling yeah. you up? Right like now? you are, <laughs> uh, like he's in like Jay-Z's position or something you. like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it, you might get... You might get booked for a show because of this, Chingy. <laughs> You're not working I right now. I haven't seen Chingy in a show no. in 10,000 years. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think this is going to hurt him in the least. And at the end of the day, uh, Tiffany Haddish has got more money, at least today. Of course. Yeah, so we, we I don't know why show. you're denying this. Yeah. If anything, uh, I would sorry. call her like, hey, listen, like, <laughs> we can make this I'm sorry this I never uh, called you back, <laughs> but uh, I've been thinking about you over these yeah. past 10 years. Um, all right. L- l- what else is coming out on... Um, uh, Hulu is the the bravest night complete season one B. Okay, uh, coming out on Amazon Prime, uh, Costume Quest season one B. See a lot of these they're, they're they're splitting it up in terms of the seasons one A one B. I don't like that shit. God, I I, I did call that though. I'll, I'll take I'll take your praise later. Just go. It's got to be something other than A and B though. Yeah, they're not doing a, themselves any favors by just yeah, going. It's not great me. branding. Yeah, it's really not. It's really not. Um, okay, and then on Netflix we have Match uh, Tennis uh, Juniors on. Uh, I think it, uh, I think that's a Chinese uh, uh, either series or film. Um, Were they raising little kids in like little concentration camps to be like Jesus Christ, no. tennis stars? Yikes! Uh, no, they're. they're or maybe I don't know. I, I have. <laughs> uh, oh, I watched, yeah, maybe I, I saw some pictures. I tried to find a trailer. I couldn't find a trailer for it. Uh, then you have Dion Cole, uh, Cole Hearted, uh, which uh, is, is this his stand up? Stand up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a comedian yeah. writer. Um, 
uh, currently he's on uh, Blackish, uh, ABC's Blackish. He has um, one of the best stand up sets, um, or at least at least his style. I've never it's, seen him. I've never seen a stand up. I mean, he he's he's been a writer he's been around on for a, while, a lot yeah. of shows. A lot yeah. of your favorite comedy shows on like ABC, NBC. He's been a writer for. Yeah. Um, his 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 style is unique. Like he does this thing where. Uh, he reads from like a notepad. That's he's on so stage. I, I saw. I saw that in yeah, this, uh, yeah. this trailer. It, yeah, oh, man, he's where funny. he reads the joke and he's like, he's right, like, I'll okay, cross that, that out. Well. <laughs> and he's been doing that for like fifteen years. That like bit and that yeah, style, yeah. but it just works. It's it just hits. funny, and, and only he could do it. If somebody else came on and tried to do whack, that, we'd yeah. be like, oh, that's Dion Cole's bit. You can't yeah. do that. Um, then we Amy have Schumer the, might try it. Of course, she, she probably already has. Uh, <laughs> uh, then we have uh, the spooky tale of Captain Underpants, uh, Hack Oween. Okay, my daughter's uh, gonna love that. I'm sure. I'm sure she will. <laughs> uh, then we have Rhythm and Flow, which is a uh, sort of like a series. I want to say a limited series on Netflix. Uh, it uh, is, is basically just like a almost like a you know the voice or american idol whatever fucking singing competition you want to say uh but for rappers uh and i know ti is one of the judges uh if not i think he this might actually be i wouldn't be surprised if he was an executive producer on the show um ti cardi b and then i think one other person uh who are like the main judges and then i think they they probably have like a panel of like this is on netflix right on netflix yeah yeah, i feel like i've seen this yeah I, i saw a uh or you know, I'm sure the trailer is out there. Um, but I it think comes it's a little too early for Cardi B to be judging talent. Yeah, look, and this is no type of shade for her, but it feels weird. Yeah, it's like yeah. it feels it feels a little awkward. I don't, I don't know what it is about it. It just it feels. In my opinion, you can't have only one successful album and be a hard judge or critic of talent, right? Yeah, a lot of people may disagree with that, but I feel like one successful album is not enough, right? We've yeah, because, seen a million artists and, come and, and it go. because it it feels like there hasn't been a consistent like a lot of the stuff that we talk about with Cardi isn't actually music. It's it's all the shit like surrounding her. Yeah, so it's like I can see if you had a long laundry list of like music that like oh my god she has you know a catalog that's you know from here to fucking yeah and then through that catalog there have been progressions in the music yeah but you know she she went from having an artist yeah if you haven't been both an artist and a producer and a writer as well as a talent scout and have like help produce other successful artists So, so you know what Maybe we're wrong because when you're judging in these competitions, you're not just judging them based on the talent in terms of the the ability itself. You're judging them based on whatever might star power you might think that they have. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think she can definitely speak to that because she basically produced an entire life for herself based off of her personality. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's her lane. And I will in, say in that this, Cardi yeah. is not an overnight success. Like it took her a lot of years and a lot of hard work and building her building up her following starting on just and it's, making it's, funny and it's videos on of, youtube yeah and it's all organic too it's yeah not really so like, i'll yeah. give her that but if you're going to be judging music yeah. right and yeah. that very particular that Ooh. very specific talent yeah, you yeah, only have feels, one successful album yeah now, granted she's grammy nominated she's grammy winner Ugh. it's still yeah, a little bit early in the game early. yeah you know early. yeah um then we have uh uh ultramarine i believe that's what that says uh Magnell, uh, I don't know. It's just some sort sort of anime, uh, and oh, then we Ultraman? have Ultraman. No, it's not Ultraman. No, um, I don't think. Sure, doesn't look like. I know. Um, Ultraman on Netflix. 
I know, but I don't think this is that. Which um, is an animated series. I think either way, that. we have El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, also dropping this week, mm. uh, which uh, we may or may not do uh, something for. Um, Fuck it, let's do it. Hey, let's do it right now. On the next, saying it right here. Episode of Dragon Ball Z. No, I'm just <laughs> on the next Fade Podcast, uh, we will do a press play segment on El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I did the ground yeah, afterwards, was, but yeah, it was, yeah, I liked it. It was, it was very timely. It was yeah. aggressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was an aggressive moment. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, then we have Fractured, which. Um, which actually looked pretty good. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. This is with, uh, we talked about him earlier, Sam Worthington. Mm. It's basically, he goes to, uh, his daughter gets in an accident, uh, and then they t- him and his wife take her to the hospital. Uh, they're at the hospital, and then she needs to go up for some extra like procedure or something like that. So his wife takes her up to the place, and then... Um, like hours goes by and he's like oh you know where are they and you know they're like uh, we don't have any record of them ever being here we don't know what you're talking about yeah we like, don't know who, don't know who you are um, well, and then it just is like a whole thing of him trying to find them and he thinks that there's this conspiracy uh, it looks kind of predictable but also maybe not I don't know um, but anyways this is a uh, this is a, a film on Netflix called Fractured this might have been doing the blip when Thanos, <laughs> right? Yeah, but they would have still had fucking notes, like they or security cameras. Not if not if those people <laughs> vanished when Thanos snapped his fingers. That's very true. It might be connected know, to them. We don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about to go on lunch. Um, okay, then we have Haunted, which, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is uh, this is a this is a series on Netflix, which uh, basically they uh, they recount people's accounts of uh, sort of haunted experiences that they actually have and they recreate them. Uh, it looks potentially terrifying. Recreate them with the actual people who experienced it. Like so, the the people like talk about it, and yeah. then they like recreate it with like actors. But it doesn't look cheesy, as in like you know. It looks like shit. it's actually it looks fucking like scary. This is terrifying. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Yo, and you know I don't like scary shit. No, no, no. Yeah, but yeah. this sounds yeah, especially in October. This is, seems very timely. Obviously, um, this is always a weird time of the year for me. Why? Because everything on TV, death of, all the movies are scary. <laughs> I, love it, I don't like this. I, I don't. Shit. I don't really like horror movies either. Although I think of the, probably the past couple of years, it's starting with uh, again. Like I watched Hereditary, and I thought it was it's terrifying, mm-hmm. but uh, excellent movie. I thought that's sort of brought me back into the fold of like, okay, you know, I can be scared, but also I can get over it. I'm yeah, a, I'm a big boy. What are you gonna be for Halloween this year? I don't know. I don't fucking know, dude. I can either go as another version of Ron Burgundy, which I've done in years past. I've just gone different versions of Ron Burgundy. Or, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot. So I've got some dark ones. Right? Yikes. Uh, well, I know no, you said, I know no. you said what? OJ. Yeah, so I'm thinking about being surviving R. Kelly, right? I'm <laughs> yeah, going to wear remember, the gray suit. I remember you told me that. Yeah. <laughs> he did it. He interviewed in with Gail King. Yeah. Uh, or sure to get some tomatoes thrown at you. Yeah, I might sure. be OJ. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. The other one I was thinking, I was talking to my daughter about this the other day. Uh, we might go as uh, Thanos and young Gamora, ah. like the baby Gamora. Yeah. But that sounds like, that sounds like a commitment. There's a lot of, paint yes, there's there. a lot. Yeah. So I'm mean, going to have a lot of face paint, there, yeah. um, but that'll be a dope one. That, that'll be excellent. I'll if just you call, call her that daughter off. the whole time. Yeah. 
Um, Come daughter. Everything in balance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then we have in, uh, Insatiable uh, season two, which is basically, you know, uh, a show that, um, you know, there's a lot of uproar about because it was about uh, somebody who was, uh, who, who was um, obese and then they lose a bunch of weight. And then I, I never watched the series, but uh, but people were, of course, in a you know frenzy about that because they're like, oh, but it's not projecting body positivity. I don't know. Something, something, something. Um, so uh, who, who was it that recently came out? Um, I think it was Bill Bill Maher. Yeah. Where he's like fat shaming people. Yeah. Yeah. And the the car karaoke motherfucker responded oh, to James him. Gordon James Gordon yeah or Gordon um I I don't know where I lie on that because I think both are kind of right like so, yeah I, I don't think you should ever shame anyone for or or you should realize that and here's the problem is is that like both are right in that for some people shame actually does work meaning that like yeah. if you just shame them enough they're like fuck it I yeah, maybe I should, yeah. yeah that's that's um, essentially what an intervention is but then the, right? the conversation with the, even within that of like okay well you know uh, what sh- like why is it up to you to shame somebody like if somebody is bigger like and depending on you know either i don't know that's not up to you like yeah people should be whatever they are if you want them to be healthier that's one thing but most of the time it's usually like i fucking hate you i go exercise eat better yeah. uh, no, but not do, because do, you actually you give a shit about case, that person because like most of the you know fat shaming i see online right is just like oh that shit's not cute or it's not healthy you know no no I mean? but it but it's always disguised as that it's always disguised as oh yeah. you're not being healthy but really it's like you don't give a fuck if the person's healthy or not. You just yeah. don't want to. You you're very superficial. Um, so you just want to hold on. Yeah, it's to like you're not gonna images. DM them like, hey, like maybe yeah, we like can go hiking together. Yeah, like, you're just gonna you be know, like, you fatty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then <laughs> that type the, of fat shaming, I, I do not agree with. But then there's the flip side to the argument of, um, you know, there's people who will react positively to shaming in terms of like, okay, if you do shame them into something, they'll they'll you know end up trying to correct something but there's other people who like that shit will not work and yeah will push them further into a very dark hole um and uh and i don't think it's not like one that's what i'm saying like kind of both sides are right like it it depends on who the fuck you're talking to yeah <laughs> so but you know this show insatiable right yeah. i imagine it's again as you said it's about someone who uh was overweight and then they lost a lot of weight and then the show is gonna I assume focus around their weight loss or the transition yeah, from being a big like, person to a. I, I, and again, I, I never watched the show, so I don't know what the fuck it's really like uh, underneath that. If there's even an underneath, like what it's really about, I don't, I don't fucking know. Yo, you know, this is fucked up. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 so here we go. <laughs> Rain's hot takes. Not too long ago, I was at a house and um, there were two people who were. You know, this couple, they're very clearly overweight, sure. right? Both of them, mm-hmm. terribly overweight. <laughs> Thank you for dressing it yeah. up in the way you did. <laughs> Fucking horribly. Um, it was a nightmare. Right? And, uh, you know, they're eating just fucking snacks. It's sure. Just, chips and ice cream right which is a very weird combination you can't eat oh it's not you can't eat combination fire flaming hot doritos (laughs) Uh, everything in balance and mint chocolate chip ice cream uh, thanos and gamora everything in balance no that's not balance. (laughs) that is imbalance that's why thanos collected all of the infinity stones to be that for flaming to, to hot make sure chips. no one ever combines flaming hot cheetos and mint chocolate chip ice cream right okay um 
but they were watching Biggest Loser. Oh, that's dark. Is is that? Ooh. Like, what is that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know. That seems like torture. Is it? Yeah, I guess it is a little bit of torture because you're like you're watching people who are overweight trying to like better themselves while you are exhibiting or maybe or maybe you don't in by some by some insanity you're not seeing the correlation yeah you're like oh we're not them you know we're not that bad we're a little bit overweight but we're not that bad we still you know go for walks or maybe or maybe you're just into like the weird uh i don't know because like sometimes when i'm really hungry one of my favorite things to do is to watch diners drive-ins and dives is that what that's called yeah probably a triple d with with Um, guy fury guy fury Yeah. yeah uh and i don't know why like i'll be stupid hungry and i'll be like I just want to watch this. Now, will you be eating three Big Macs while you're doing it? No, but also that wouldn't be relevant. What I'm saying is this, uh, it's the direct opposite of what I should be doing given my current state. Well, you're hungry. You're thinking about food. You watch a food show. That or I can just makes go sense. eat something. Just like, you know, if they're watching the show The Biggest Loser, they could not be eating <laughs> Flaming Hot. <laughs> but isn't watching the show in, it, in and of itself like doing the opposite of what you're supposed to be oh that's what i'm saying you should be at the gym right but you're watching the biggest loser. i don't, if you're, I don't fucking know dude i, yeah. I can't get into this is dark and messy yeah. i don't know it just reminded me of it this show um i'm not gonna watch it uh but i don't know, hope it hope it inspires people right at the end of the day that's what it should do uh sure i don't know if this particular show is gonna do that <laughs> or uh, it, it doesn't might seem... exploit them for uh, riches uh, one one would could say that one could say <laughs> that um Okay, uh, then you have La uh, Influencia. Uh, it's a Spanish, of yeah. course. A, oh, a really? Uh, I thought pl- it was Chinese. Plan, <laughs> <laughs> uh, plan um, Coer, which is a, uh, a French uh, show. Uh, then we have The uh, Awakenings of Modi uh, um, which is a Swiss uh, film. And then uh, we have Yoho to the Rescue, which is a uh, kid show. And then uh, Bani uh, or Ban Lu Sards. I don't know. I I butchered it. I'm not going to revisit it. It's another French film. Edit Um, that one out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's isolate that. Yeah, yeah. Edit it out. Uh, I probably should. Um, Okay. Now we're through all of those. Uh, Yeah, we got a ways to go here. Um, Let's try to blow through some of these. (laughs) Um, uh, First, let's talk about um, some of these trailers that that have come out recently. Uh, We get our first fucking trailer for Birds of Prey. Uh, starring a one Margot Robbie, uh, Margot Robbie, and basically nobody else, because nobody else really got any shine or love during this. Uh, this, uh, and I guess this is a teaser trailer, so maybe I'm being a little harsh, but, um, uh, but yeah, no, no, you know who got some love, love in this, in this um, preview? Uh, Rosie Perez. Eh, she got a little screen time. Yeah. She got a little screen time. Not much. Not much. Now, I mean, she doesn't do many films, right? But she's still working in Hollywood. Uh, I was actually surprised to see her in this movie. And I think she got some significant screen time in the trailer, at least. And it looks like she's going <laughs> to get... But she didn't, like, that she'd get any, she didn't get any, like, words, though, you know? She did. She got, like, two words. Five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we're, Which now is we're a lot semantics. of words for a trailer. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing is, uh, well, actually, let me give you a quick synopsis. Uh, after splitting with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee uh, Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord, Black Mask, in Gotham City, directed by Kathy Yan. Um, and again, starring Margot Robbie, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and a lot of things uh, come lately. But interesting enough, and I didn't know she was uh, she 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 was. But uh, we have uh, Journey Smollett S- Bell Smollett. Yeah, of uh, one sibling to a is Jesse. that Juicy Smollett? <laughs> yes, uh, that's a sister. I believe that is Juicy Smollett's uh, sibling. Good thing she escaped all that bullshit. No, good good thing she's got the hyphen. You're just uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, 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 I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I don't know that nigga. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know. I, I don't know Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> same mom, same dad. I don't yeah. know. But I actually really like her, man. She, uh, she was in. Uh, I remember she was in Friday Night Lights, uh, the show. Uh, Once upon a time, I uh, really like that the her portrayal or her character in that show. Um, yeah, she done came up. Very talented. Uh, and then uh, also the stars uh, Ewan McGregor. Um, I didn't like Ewan in. I, I, saw I, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was very not Ewan. Yes. Uh, I, I just didn't. He didn't sell it to me. I don't know. I sold it to me. Maybe I maybe I need to see more of the trailer or like a second trailer. But yeah. It, and, and this had like a lot of the Suicide Squad vibe of the right. colors and the randomness. Ali Wong um, is in this movie, too. I didn't realize. Oh, she really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm really... Uh, I don't know. A lot of people didn't like the trailer for some odd reason or not, not necessarily even odd reason, but for some reason they didn't, uh, from one reason or another, they didn't really like the trailer. I didn't, I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was cool. It was very Harley Quinn focused in theaters tomorrow. Would you go see it? In theaters, oof. <laughs> Not, dude, dude, don't, don't. <laughs> the only reason why I'm saying that is because, uh, I have a real bad taste in for Suicide Squad. <laughs> Suicide Squad. That's fucked up. I, I saw Suicide Squad in theaters, and damn, did I, I regret it with every fiber of my being. I, no, I, I hated. I, I think I, I may have saw that in theaters too. Yeah. The, the only reason, the only movie that I can compete with Suicide Squad as far as like my disappointment in the film. No, no, no. It's not on that level. I was going to say Spider Man Three. But no, no movie will ever disappoint me more than Spider-Man 3. Yo, I'm sorry. Captain Marvel, was, for me, was more disappointing than Suicide Squad. I'm just going to move on from that. That It it, it, just, it just fucking was. I, I don't even know what to even do with that. That's uh, that's amazing. Um, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I, think, uh, I think I'm looking for I'm just going to move on. I, I, don't, I don't even want to address that. Um, I, I'm liking the vibe of the film. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, once they deliver a few more trailers, uh, sort of where it's all uh, all going. Um, okay, uh, let's move on to uh, another film uh, that we got a trailer for this past week: uh, Six Underground, which is a uh, film uh, starring uh, Ryan Reynolds. Um, looked interesting. Looked like just a, kind of like another action it, film. It's another action movie where ryan reynolds is you know slick talking the the comedic slick talker you know it's he's done like three or four of these movies over the past couple of years and yeah keep keep talking by the way what was that movie with samuel l jackson it was like the the bodyguards or like the the assassin's bodyguard or something like that. yeah the the assassin yeah something like that yeah i mean 
he plays this role very well, right? It's like Deadpool without the suit and like the, you know, that 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 Deadpool comedic or comic book style action. But it's still very like he. It's like he's playing the same character over and over again, just in different situations. Yeah. One, he's a superhero. He's killing people. He's making jokes. <laughs> Next one, he's a international spy, killing people, making jokes. Yeah. This one, what is it? Are they like robbing a bank? Is this a heist? Uh, no, they they uh, essentially. Um, well, let me read this. Synopsis. I think they're like uh, special ops or something. Yeah. Uh, Six Underground is an com- upcoming American vigilante action thriller film directed by. Michael Bay, uh, which we can all know exactly where we're going to get with this film with Michael Bay helming. It's going to be incredible visuals. Just nonsensical yeah. plot. Yeah. <laughs> visuals um, that didn't need to be in the movie. Yeah. Everything in this film will be unnecessary. Uh, and written by Rhett Reese and Paul uh Wernick, uh, the film stars Ryan. Why? Just tell me what the film's about. I don't. I don't know why this is not telling me that. Um. Anyways. Uh. Yeah. So basically, like, they're sort of like these mercenaries who they are sort of killed, meaning that like maybe they, you know, they're they're. Um, um, I got a quick synopsis here for you. Sure. Uh, meet a new kind of action hero. Six untraceable agents, totally off the grid. They've burned their past so they can change the future. Exactly. Uh, so essentially, it's like a group of of six untraceable, uh, thought to be dead former like black ops agents that you know have the ability to move autonomously, uh, without trace because the world thinks that they're dead. Yeah. Um. So this movie is obviously going to explore that. Obviously, they're they're. It's going to be brought to, uh, you know, the knowledge is going to be put out there that they're, they're actually alive and they're running these operations and there are going to be groups of people who try to kill them, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, cool. I'm not seeing this in theaters. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, a, it's a Netflix movie. So oh, this is the Netflix uh, movie? Netflix okay, movie. I'll watch this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I need it's got the access. <laughs> he said, "Okay, <laughs> yeah. if, why not? <laughs> if I have to leave home, yeah, to watch this movie, yeah. no fucking way. But if I can watch it from <laughs> from the from the couch yeah. or from the bed, yeah, yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, damn, this movie just went up from like a fuck no to a absolutely <laughs> the power of the po- streaming, the power of Netflix. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, all right, let's hop into something else here. Uh, we've got the gentleman, um, which uh, this is a, a film by Guy Ritchie uh, that um, uh, that we got coming out. Uh, the gentleman is an upcoming British American action thriller film written and directed by, I don't understand why I don't just give me the actual synopsis of the fucking film. <laughs> a what very is this British shit? drug Lord. Wait, why does it very British? Yeah, <laughs> why is that? I don't know. Uh, a very British drug lord's uh, drug lord tries to sell off his highly profitable empire to a dynasty of Oklahoma billionaires. Yeah, and like I said, uh, directed by Guy Ritchie, starring um, uh, uh, Charlie Hunnam, uh, as well as uh, Hugh Grant uh, and Matthew McConaughey, Henry Golding, that we remember from um, Crazy Rich Asians, uh, and Colin Farrell. Uh, along with M- Michelle uh, Dockery. Great cast. Yeah, pretty strong cast. Uh, it doesn't look necessarily my cup of tea. Uh, I honestly didn't even understand, like, really what... I don't know. I didn't, Like, from watching the trial, I didn't really understand what they were trying to get to. Um, so, from, from what I took from this movie, Matthew McConaughey's character, Mickey Pearson, he's like an old-school drug dealer, right? I think in the beginning of the previews, he says he's always had a thing for, like, Mary Jane, right? So, he is in the old-school drug business of marijuana hemp 
uh, greenery, uh, uh, sticky, icky, icky, the gas, jet fuel. Yeah. A little bit of kush, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, didn't right? like, I didn't like the head movement. You, you, you could have done with that. Yeah. Uh, whatever you want to call it. And these new players, uh, uh, particularly Henry Golding, are in the hard drug business. They're in like cocaine and pills and things along those lines. And those businesses naturally conflict with one another, right? One drug is, uh, and again, he calls it out in his preview, Matthew McConaughey's character, like, you know, one drug destroys, the other is somewhat sustainable, right? You smoke weed, you get high. You smoke more weed, you get high again, right? Whereas cocaine or heroin, that should have kill you, right? <laughs> so that's the part of the conflict that they're running to in these movies. They're eh. in the same business, but one business is destroying the other. Eh, it looks stupid. I do like that plot because we like in drug movies we don't really see this, right? You don't really see what's going on inside the drug game, where it's like these businesses it's like pepsi versus coke but imagine pepsi was killing people <laughs> or i guess coke would be killing people and pepsi's like yo like we can't keep killing off our customers who's gonna buy our shit yeah. if this is how we're operating yeah i don't know it looked kind of stupid to me but uh is this gonna be on netflix too i don't believe so i think this Fuck. is uh, well, 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 <laughs> six now underground it's, now it's tumble down in yeah, uh, I, guess, I guess you're up <laughs> uh yeah and this film's due out uh in january of 2020 um okay uh let's talk about uh another film that um that we got a trailer for which is a very sort of interesting film uh this is um richard jewell uh which uh is starring um damn why am i blanking on his name um yeah you're fucking this up yeah i really am i'm gonna let you uh i'm gonna let you take this uh olivia wilde maybe no damn what's his name uh the guy from john uh, ham john ham sam rockwell i don't understand why that took me so long to uh, to get to um yeah why don't you take it since you're (laughs) since you're acting so uh, this movie uh it's a story that was all over the news for a period of time uh, and they just kind of went away, right? Just because there was so much conspiracy that was surrounding it that, like, the media was covering it like fucking like a wildfire, right? And then all of the conversations just stopped. But so this movie focuses on uh, American security guard Richard Jewell, who's played by uh, Paul Walter Hauser, heroically saves thousands of lives from an exploding bomb at the 1996 Olympics. This is unjustly, uh, sorry, but is unjustly vilified by uh, journalists and the press who falsely report that he was a terrorist. Yeah. So th- this is a really interesting situation. Like this, this guy, Richard Jewell, just a normal small town security guard, right? You know, guy who he was a little bit weird. He didn't have many friends. He was a little bit too fat to be a cop. Jesus. I, I mean, <laughs> this is, so he tried out, uh, he wanted to be a police officer, right? He's, yeah. he, he always had a fascination for law enforcement. Um, he wanted to join the police force. He tried out several times, didn't make it. You know, the next takedown is being a security guard at the 96 Olympics. He saves a bunch of people from this bomb threat. Right. And th- this movie is really going to focus on how journalism, right? How eager journalists, right? Those journalists who are so just eager to write the story without knowing the facts or the truth, mm. they can like truly destroy people's lives. So these yeah. journalists take this guy who, you know, at the end of the day, saved thousands of people's lives and turn him into this 
villain essentially and destroy his life in a very fucked up way i watched a documentary on it not too long ago it was really good yeah um at a certain point you start to think like yo did this guy do it just because of how the media was covering it and then there's the F, there's a conspiracy law enforcement are like okay well you know we got to pin it on this guy right um this looks really good yeah uh and it is directed by um clint eastwood uh as well as um being produced uh by clint eastwood as well as uh i think it was originally produced or i guess the the idea for the film was brought up by Leonardo dicaprio and uh jonah hill um and um and uh yeah and it stars uh you know a lot of people uh like uh, the guy i was trying to find his name was uh, john ham uh sam rockwell kathy bates uh olivia wilde um yeah just a lot of names in this uh this film uh looks really good um so i'm definitely going to be willing to check that out most likely not in theaters but uh yeah fuck you know what i feel like this is a kind of movie we might even do a, like a press play on after it comes out on no Blu-ray. in theaters this <laughs> no, movie, cannot maybe this yeah, might know. just be like one of the best movies of the year this like um what is it called like this uh oscar uh, biopic i guess you'd call it yeah right biopic yeah no fuck <laughs> uh, we've had this conversation before. <laughs> biopic <laughs> biopic the fuck? Uh, uh, but yeah this one looks good yeah um okay let's uh let's move on to our final trailer here uh we we have a trailer for black and blue which is um uh a movie about a rookie policewoman in new orleans inadvertently captures the shooting death of a young drug uh, drug dealer on her body cam after realizing the murder was committed by corrupt cops she teams up with the only person from the community uh, who's willing to help her now she finds herself on uh on the run from both the vengeful criminals and uh, the lawmen who desperately want to destroy the incriminating footage uh this is starring Naomi Harris uh, uh, from James Bond uh, fame. From Skyfall. Skyfall. Also from, um, uh, Skyfall, Spectre. Um, and, uh, Moonlight. The, uh, oh, and from Moonlight as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, how did I not lead with that? Um, yeah, she she, she you know, was the uh, the mother in Moonlight and mm-hmm. uh, gave a hell of a performance. Um, and then we have uh, Tyrese Gibson also in this film. Um, and we also have Mike Halter, who is uh, best known for his role as Luke Cage. Yes, yeah, yeah, Michael. Coulter. As well as Frank Grillo, who yeah. we just know from the MCU as um, uh, what's his name? I want to say I want to say Lobo, but that doesn't seem that's definitely not right. Um, that's not the right. Uh, was he Lobo in a different movie? Maybe? No, 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 no. He was. Uh, damn, I forget what he's called. But uh, anyways, um, nope, nope, nope. We got We got to stay here for a second. I gotta okay. get this. I gotta get this. He was. Um, Crossbones, crossbones, Brock, that's what it is. Yeah. Rumlow, Rumlow. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, something about Lolo, Lolo, Rumlow, Lobo. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, this uh, film is directed by Dion Taylor. Um, looks good. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, it looks pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I think with films like this, sometimes uh, it, it can kind of be one note. Like, uh, so the film reminds me heavily of uh, Bright. Yeah. Uh, you know, it has that sort of. Um, you know keep away sort of atmosphere where you know the the cop or either somebody who's just a straight up either criminal or whatever uh or just a regular person running away from the cops and they have to like just spend the entire time you know uh, kind of dodging the cops um sort of keep away sort of uh, atmosphere to it uh but 
uh, it looks it looks good. Uh, I think it, it it looks like a it can be pretty good performances from all the actors and actresses. And I think if they div- give us something a little fresher, yeah, within you know the context of the film, I think um, I think it could be a really good movie. Yeah. So here's the thing about like a movie like this, right? If we look at our current political climate, um, law enforcement, the National Law Enforcement Agency, right? They are you you may not notice it, but you're being marketed to by law enforcement more now than ever, right? Because there's this huge campaign to push people back towards changing their image of law enforcement because we're now seeing a lot more of the things that are going on, like the dirty, uh, you know, behind the scene things that go on in law enforcement now than we were, you know, even just 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Because of social media, because of the, you know, people pulling out their phones and recording this shit or, you know, a lot of police officers still aren't aware of their body cams, right? So we're getting a lot or, of or understanding of like that it starts thirty seconds before, uh, or like so you'll push it and it, the recording starts from thirty seconds before you pushed it, so mm-hmm. you can see those thirty seconds. Yeah. So there's been so much footage of uh, police officers pushing it, not realizing, oh, they're still seeing the first thirty seconds of that before before I pushed it. Uh, and then being like planning evidence or just like you yeah. know, saying some crazy shit they shouldn't be saying. Planning but, evidence, talking yeah. about a conspiracy to like, you know, um, incriminate somebody. Incriminate. Yeah. So yeah. this movie, there's going to be a lot of very real, very current social commentary in it. Um, it's yeah. obviously going to be from the perspective of a black female officer, right? Which yeah. I think there's going to be um, some social commentary around that as well. Uh, but yes, to your point, I'm looking to see something different in this movie that we haven't seen from these like run all night type movies right where yeah. good cop is on the run from dirty cops yeah. so on. give me or something like, a little um, bit different what's it called uh the one with uh end of watch i think yeah that was what that yeah was end of watch was yeah. another good one um end of watch was great though because it focused more on the relationship between those two uh, yeah. police officers jake gyllenhaal yeah, and, and it's Michael hard Pena. to do better than that man yeah that was an excellent that was a, the ending of uh, that ooh, phenomenal oof that was a that was a tough yeah. one to sit through. Yeah. yeah, that was hard to sit through. Um, okay, we are done talking about the trailers. Okay, but before we move on to our next thing, I smooth am transition. I know, right? <laughs> we are done talking about <laughs> that shit we were um, talking. About. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this real quick. All right, sorry for that brief uh, intermission. That's what that's called, right? Intermission. Yeah, yeah, we just call it that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, had to adjust uh, some <laughs> mid episode break. Yeah. Um, okay, let's jump right into the goods here. Uh, the first topic that I want to talk about was uh, Tyler Perry um, doing doing a lot of big things right now. This um, man is a national treasure. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, I guess. Would you vote for him if he ran for president? No, I might. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, what, the work he's been doing lately. He's actually creating jobs, right? <laughs> That's very true. Yes, I, I, would I mean, this every way. president always brags about, oh, an unemployment rate is down during my presidency. It was this or that. And, and this guy actually created jobs. Yeah. No, he's doing a lot of great things. Um, uh, you know, if it was between Trump, Kanye. No, yeah, I'd have to go Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Perry. You'd have no other choice. Or Native Tyler. American Elizabeth Warren. 
right. Yeah, yeah you, you might have to go with Tyler for several reasons. I might uh, still go with Tyler. Yeah. Even though Elizabeth Warren is far more nah, qualified. Nah, nah. You know what? Weird enough, uh, I, I might I, go I with had, Tyler um, Perry. I had some uh, canvassers come to my door, you know, uh, canvassing for Elizabeth Warren this past weekend. And um, you called them actually what they were, canvassers. That was most people just ask motherfuckers coming to the door. That's <laughs> well, because I, I like I, I, you know, I, I know a little bit. You opened your door for them? Uh, yeah. I always I didn't look know out who the peephole, especially <laughs> were they like young white kids? I wouldn't call them white kids, but uh, young white women. Oh, I'm definitely <laughs> looking out the peephole. <laughs> Get fucking me too. What? <laughs> opening the door? Yo, you never know. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Um, I'll say anything. Yeah, uh, that's that's a very apparent. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so Tyler Perry, uh, obviously, you know, uh, he sort of got his first sort of major claim to fame by the Medea character, um, and he sort of cultivated that into a very nice uh, uh, career um, where not only does he do that, but he also produces a shit ton of other um uh, programming, um, both for, you know, uh, the big screen as well as for television. Um, but, uh, he has done something very, uh, just, uh, outstanding. Um, he has, uh, recently, uh, opened, uh, the Tyler Perry studios, uh, a lot, uh, which is a $250 million property in, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and it, uh, it houses, um, uh, just a shit ton of, uh, you know, sound stages. Um, and, uh, you know, and there's a difference between having, um, having a studio, uh, like a, almost like a production company, uh, and having, um, a lot, right? Like, uh, so what he's doing is he, he's opened a lot, uh, which, uh, this boasts, uh, I believe about 12 sound stages. Um, and, uh, that's different from having an actual studio where you actually produce things yourself there. Um, uh, and either way it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, because I think it's, it's, it's trying to compete with being one of the, the biggest, uh, studio lots in the world, not just, you know, in, um, in America. Um, and to come from where Tyler Perry has come from to reach the heights that he's reached, uh, doing it sort of the way he's done it is nothing short of um incredible um i think uh what he's doing right now and and one of the big things that i know and and this is uh coming from a uh, article uh, on indiewire one of the things he sort of has always championed is uh proprietary uh proprietary oh my god i can't even fucking say the word <laughs> proprietorship yes there we go there we go that's it <laughs> proprietorship um uh, amongst the black community that uh, if you're going to create some sort of content, uh, be the owner of said content yeah. um, and uh, don't necessarily give it out to somebody else so they can reap all the benefits from it while you're still just producing the content, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, if you look at, you know, where we are today, right? Like black uh, culture is among the most profitable globally, Right. What's the number one genre of music today? Hip hop. No, hip hop. Shocking. I'm <laughs> I, was, I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you look very. I was about to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
hip hop, right? If you look at sports across pretty much any category, um, you know, black athletes are somewhere at the top of the list, right? Um, film, you know, now that you're starting to see a lot of, uh, whether it's black actors, writers, directors, producers getting like fair opportunity within Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, Ryan Kogler, look at what he did with Black Panther, right? Um, I mean, Fruitvale Station, uh, pretty much all of his projects, right? Creed, yeah. right? Um, Hollywood is starting to recognize. Uh, you, I think Dwayne Johnson said it best. Like, you know, he's uh, half, what, Hawaiian, half black actor who didn't really fit a mold, created a mold for himself. Now he's the top earning actor in Hollywood. Yeah. So you got to you gotta own your content. You got to own your brand. And Tyler Perry, you know, he took the success of Medea and he didn't just like live in that success. He was like, all right, I've got to use this as leverage to build from here. I think he's lived in that success for a while. I'm not going to lie. With Medea? Yeah. Well, I mean, but at the same time, right? Yeah. While, while no, he, he was, He's done it appropriately. While he yeah. was milking that character. It, yeah. And if you're going to milk it, you got to milk it all the way and make sure you get every single dollar that yeah. can come out of it. Right? And then build on it. Yeah. Build from there. Now you, he, he's the first black, uh, movie studio lot, yeah. lot owner in, in history. Right. I believe so. Yeah. I would love I to see him. And, um, and we talked about him was, is it uh, Byron Allen? Byron right? Allen. Yeah. Byron Allen. Yeah. Love to see them team up. <laughs> right. So yeah. Byron Allen, he's the, um, uh, you know, media executive. We, uh, we talked about on a previous episode. Um, he owns I mean, what he he owns like forty nine different television shows um, uh, across a variety of, of industries. He mm-hmm. most recently bought I think I think eleven TV stations for two hundred and ninety million dollars. So he's like a media mogul who's putting together slowly putting together uh, somewhat of a media empire, right? Yeah. Um, Someone like that working with someone like Tyler Perry, I think that'd be ve- that'd be a very powerful partnership. Um, this reminds me of Jamil Hill. What mm. she recently said about what if like, or I think she said black athletes should start not necessarily turning away these white universities, but start going and playing for HBCUs, predominantly black universities. Right? Yeah. Imagine if um, what's that kid's name? The the basketball player who just went first round. Uh, I always get his name wrong. Oh, uh, uh, Zion. Yeah, Zion Williams, right? Williamson. He was, he's so fucking talented. He was going to go to the league no matter what, right? Imagine if he went to Howard University or a predominantly black school, right? I think that's, I think that's tough, right? Because you just like anything else, it's about markets. Yeah, I mean, it's very true. And I think while he would have been a heralded, because his, his talent wasn't going to change. Exactly. His, pro, his, his talent was never going to change. But just like anything else, it's about being in a market where you're going to get the most recognition, the most notoriety. And I think that, unfortunately, yeah, going to an HBCU just isn't going get to you, get you as much uh, notoriety than one by one. A- no. But imagine. So I think in the NBA draft, if you look at like the top 100 players that were drafted, I think like 65 percent of those athletes were African-American. Yeah. Right. Most of them are coming out of, you know, universities that are either diverse universities or predominantly white universities. Like, I think Duke had, like, three people go in the top ten. Yeah. Right? Imagine if all of those Duke players played at Howard University. That would change the dynamic of it, right? So, what we're seeing here is an opportunity for um, creators, you know, minority creators to no longer have to create 
within institutions that traditionally haven't supported them, right? So if you're a black filmmaker, actor, actress, writer, producer, director, a studio like Tyler Perry's is going to be a place where you're going to be able to go and potentially create your content. Well, yeah, without the you know the stranglehold on your content that. I mean, historically, we've seen it at in, in other places. Yeah, that's that's very true, and I think that one day he does want want it to become uh, an actual producing studio, meaning that they produce their own content. But I think that right now he just wants to. He's he's actually following a model that I think is very. It's almost like the duh sort of situation where you go from you know uh, making films to producing said films to owning your own lot. Um, to then turning your lot into your own actual production studio. Um, and so, for instance, like the first film that I think filmed at this, uh, his uh, studios was uh, Black Panther. And uh, just to list some other ones, um, The Immortal Life of Henrietta, uh, Henrietta Lacks, as well as Rampage with uh, The Rock, uh, and then Ryan Gosling's uh, The First, uh, first Man, as well as um, uh, The Walking Dead is currently filming. Um, at, at nice. his lot, so he, he look. He's not he's not closing your door for anybody. He's like, hey, all all comers. Yeah. But that's that's what everybody should do. Like, it shouldn't be exclusive, right? And I'm not saying that from the standpoint of like, oh, you shouldn't be able to help out other black, uh, you know, uh, creators. But what I'm saying is, is if you're actually trying to turn to something that is on a global scale, if you're trying to say, hey, we, I want to be one of the largest in America, then yeah, you got to open your doors to everybody. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then you have to parlay that into producing your own con- content. I think that's what he understands and he understands the work that goes into because that's a lot of fucking work yeah. to run your own studio um, and then produce your own work on, 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 you know, on that lot that you own. Um, you know, so one day, hopefully he can get on par with the Disney uh, on par with uh, Paramount on par with, you know, uh, all these other major studios um, that, that have their own, uh, you know, stages Um and that'll be a beautiful, and especially being in Atlanta, you know, that, that's yeah. a very beautiful thing. Atlanta's you know? slowly but surely, I, you know, identifying itself as, and it's never going to compete with Hollywood, I don't think, because that would have to be a, an extreme shift in the tide. Yeah, but, I don't think it's going to compete with Hollywood, but it has the chance to become another mecca of uh, media and film if, if production. it's not already, yeah. you know. Uh, which I think it, it kind of is. But I also I think that's inspiration for other places like Baltimore, you know, where you if know, Fabian we, were her. Yeah, I know. Yeah. When he was uh, talking about Cleveland being the next Hollywood, uh, which was a very interesting show. Uh, if you uh, want to go yeah, back Cleveland, six or seven months. Called. Yeah. Um, so anyways, shout out to uh, Tyler Perry uh, doing very fucking big things. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people will throw dirt on him because of uh, his Medea character. And, and they feel like, OK, that was kind of pushing the black community back a bit. But fuck it. Get it how you can. Yeah. Now he has the opportunity to propel the black community forward. So absolutely. Shout out. So uh, so good shit. Tyler Perry. Uh, OK. Uh, on to the next uh, story. Um, okay, so this past Wednesday, we got our first taste of the new Wednesday Night Wars. I don't know if you remember. Well, of course you remember. Back in um, uh, the 90s. Uh, this is like maybe around 95, 96, right? Yeah, that was a good uh, year. We, uh, we get uh, the Monday Night Wars. Uh, between WCW uh, World Championship Wrestling as well as uh, WWF at that time uh, worldwide, wait, worldwide, worldwide wrestling? wrestling federation. 
No, that's like three W's. There's too I many. Think, I think it was a, I think it was wrestling. WWF sounded better, but I think it was Worldwide Wrestling Federation. No, I knew. I know. Worldwide. It, 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 was, is, it was that once Worldwide upon a time, is one word. But right? then they got. Is that one word? Yeah. Worldwide, worldwide. is one word. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> we've wasted enough time <laughs> on that uselessness. Um, no, this uh, is a teaching moment. <laughs> how? <laughs> now all of WWF. our listeners know worldwide. <laughs> okay. It's one word. Besides my whole point altogether. Um, uh, but we, we got the first taste of the, the Monday Night Wars, which was, uh, you know, we had Monday Night Nitro and then we had, uh, which was w, uh, WCW, then we had Monday Night Raw, which is WWF. Um, and it inspired an entire generation. You you had so much great content coming out of these Monday Night Wars. I mean, you got Stone Cold came out of the Monday Night Wars. Uh, you had The Rock who came out of the Monday Night Wars. Triple um, H. DX, NWO, uh, all these fucking factions and groups, and you know, athletes or not athletes, but uh, W. Well, Booker T. Booker T. Came out of that. uh, Although he can't, he came out of the the back end of that. Although Harlem Heat was one of the top tag teams of the uh, the nineties, definitely by far. Um, But uh, but him as a solo act uh, came sort of thereafter. But um, but anyways, uh, you have what was the the golden age if you will of wrestling you know where we got everything you know you, you turn in tune in monday night eight o'clock to what the fuck was going on on nitro you see that pop off oh shit uh they're on a commercial break what's raw doing right now flip over to raw see what craziness is happening over there it was fucking fantastic so many great fucking moments you have dx who you know they they drive the uh the, the the little tank the mini tank to the yeah. to the front of uh wcw where they were having their the, you know the the show and knocking on a door let us in you know and they taped it all and they showed it and uh you had that fucking craziness you had hulk hogan making his turn to uh to to to, to being a villain now who was the group that'd be like you know like yeah, DX, it, was DX? Was well, it was it was dx and but i think nwo sort of made it popular and dx yeah. sort of like kind of kind of latched onto it wasn't yeah. it like it was like triple h and there was like mysterio and um that that was uh at first it was nwo which had uh this hogan nash hall yeah, kevin nash guys. yeah he uh, was a bad man and then dx sort of took it on which was uh triple h uh x-pac it was sean michaels as well but uh but after he left it was triple h x-pac uh billy gunn road dog uh, yeah. china anyways um this past Wednesday night, we got our first uh, glimpse at now what is the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, so a little while back, uh, back in 2018, um, uh, Cody Rhodes, who used to be, of course, uh, you know, uh, he used to be with the um, uh, with the WWE um, and he they wanted him to do a lot of gimmicks that he didn't want to fucking do. Uh, you know, that he thought we were cartoonish and just silly. Uh, they were booking him wrong, you know, along those lines and, and really silly matches. Uh, so he decides, fuck it, I'm just going to leave, right? Now, WWE has established itself after it swallowed WCW hold uh, as a result of the the sort of the ending of the Monday Night Wars. Um, uh, you, you have uh, uh, WWE who's like, you know, they're it. There's not. There's really no other game in town. You yeah. have other smaller, uh, sort of um, things like a Ring of Honor, um, and just smaller other other productions, but none to the degree of WWE. Cody Rhodes is like, man, fuck this shit. I'm out. I know they're the biggest game in town, but let's let me go do some other shit. So he teams up with some uh, some other people, um, and they produce. I believe it's called All Out. 
and they have this show that they did at the end of uh, 2018 that everybody was blown away out. Uh, they, they sold out this venue uh, and everybody's like, oh, my God, this is incredible. This is actually rivaling, you know, WWE in a real way. Sure, you had TNA, but nobody fucking watched TNA. Uh, it, was, it was Jeff Jarrett's sort of uh, project and um, nobody cares about TNA. Um, but uh, this is the first one everybody's like kind of excited about. And so uh, earlier this uh, this year, 2019, um, uh, I, I believe the owner of the Jacksonville Jag, uh, Jaguars, his name's Shamir uh, Khan. Khan or something yep. like that. Um, and, I, and I might be getting his first name wrong. But um, so they, I believe they just go to him and they're like, all right, you know, we got a little bit of buzz here. Uh, and so with him being the major funder for the project, uh, they decide to do this uh, all elite wrestling, uh, AEW. Um, and from that, they produce this show on that, that's now showing on Wednesday nights called um, uh, uh, Dynamite. Um, and that just happens to be showing on the same night as NXT, which is uh, NXT is WWE's sort of like junior varsity team. You know, it's it's sort of the breeding ground for a lot of their, you know, wrestlers that get called up to, you know, but come NXT. up to the big leagues. Exactly. Yeah. But, they, they, but they start out at NXT. They, they start out at NXT, but NXT sort of taken on a life of its own where everybody's going crazy over some of, because it's smaller, more, more, um, more personal than, you know, the raw or SmackDown shows. Uh, it, it, it really goes back to sort of, you know, what it was back in the eighties, back in the nineties, which is the, like this more personal feel to it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and a lot of people identify with a lot of these wrestlers on here. And, uh, and it's just like anything else. It's like talking about indie films versus like big blockbusters, right? Yeah. Those indie films, they might have a smaller fan base, but a very passionate fan base. You yeah. Know? And in these smaller like markets like NXT, right? The the wrestlers get to really control their own narrative a little bit more. Like yes. Tell and their that's story. something that's different. Uh, well, NXT's maybe a little more controlled than that uh, because I, I think it's it's Triple H's um, um, since he's, you know, obviously one of the executives at uh, the WWE. Uh, it's sort of his project, but uh, but what is kind of controlled by the wrestlers themselves is um, AEW because it's basically created by the wrestlers, you yeah. know, um, where, where they're sort of running the the, the show, um, and that's true some to some degree with all you know with wrestling as a whole. Uh, a lot of the bookers, I think, even with AEW, be, said that Chris Jericho, who's uh, yeah. I believe so active wrestlers, is a part of like the board of executives, exactly, who is. Uh, like really leading the charge for this, but is still an active wrestler, yeah. someone who has a long successful history. Uh, I, that thing, Jim Ross is also uh, one of the yeah. consultants here. So th- people who know the business, who know what they're doing, who know how to put on a good show yeah. are leading this. And I think they are smart enough to know that you got to let the talent lead the way mm-hmm. and then build storylines around it. Whereas sometimes it could be like, okay, well now we're going to let the story lead the character. Yeah. We're going to bring in a bunch of writers and they're going to like, you know, try to, I remember you know, when, one kind of famous one was uh, Vince Russo, who he worked for WWE or then WWF and then worked for WCW. And he kind of ran WCW into the ground. And he was supposed to be like this, like wonder child writer because of what he was able to do in WWE. You know, saying somebody ran something into the ground <laughs> is like one of the but most he did do. disrespectful things you can say. He did, he did crazy things. Like, I think, you know, and again, I don't know all the stories or like if I'm even getting this right, but I remember, you know, around the era that he was there, you know, he kind of put himself into a lot of the storylines. And then he had like, 
um just like david arquette like was winning championships and yeah like shit like i remember that, that was a like, weird time fuck is going on yeah those were dark days <laughs> very dark days <laughs> well that's why thereafter you know wwe is like we'll just go ahead and take all this shit <laughs> no, but, hey, that might be one of the you, you know there's some insults right where it's like you know fuck you you're a bitch right and it's like uh, okay but then they're the more um i'm not gonna say articulate insults but like those those deeply rooted in hate and failure uh insults that uh but that are said very passively like yeah you kind of ran it into the ground right (laughs) that means so much more than what it's what they're really saying is you are a piece of shit (laughs) you fuck you fucked all of this up yeah. you screwed over everybody I mean, but, but he kind of did he kind of did to the ground he kind of did like that, that's like a kind of like a well-known fact that he they saw like I, I you know me I'm, I'm very conservative when it comes to like trying to throw out insults or yeah, trying yeah. To, yeah I wouldn't say yeah. that unless it's very yeah, yeah, like I said, <laughs> that's one of those insults that uh, has so much more meaning yeah yeah well um, so uh, uh, so anyways so I just wanted to highlight it that now we're going to get the Wednesday Night Wars and I just want to see how all this plays out you know will uh, will AEW be able to make their programming I don't know what that was were you fucking (laughs) drooling Yeah, I heard. That's it. how excited I am about this. Is that I'm drooling? Spit drop down your lip. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Christ. I, was, I was hoping no one heard it. No, I was like, yo, what? What was that? <laughs> um, <You> nasty. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I wanted to talk at the same time that I needed to take a breath, so it came out as like a drool kind of situation. But um, so, anyways, so uh, Damn, just, I was gonna make a joke that would be very. <laughs> Even I knew <laughs> that this particular uh, joke might not, not be uh, the one I say. Flew. Yeah, fair enough. I'm um, not gonna float that joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes you got, you got no one to hold them. And, no and one I have. Yeah. If you've been listening to the show, yeah, obviously I have no fucking uh, filter. Lit, uh, filter. Yeah, but uh, this uh, joke, apparent. Was uh, I know to hold this one back. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so. Uh, so yeah, I'm just really excited to see sort of the new again Wednesday Night Wars to see how all of it plays out. Will AEW be able to make their programming to be on par? And honestly, in ratings, they killed NXT. Um, now you could argue because one was premiering while the other one was on like the second or third week, and and, it, and it's showing. Um, but still, it's the, this proof is in the pudding, right? Like they, their numbers aren't that bad, and I think it was like uh, so they're on TNT. AEW Bill show- Cosby's pudding. I don't know if you can say that anymore. That was, it was a terrible joke. <laughs> was, no, that was, <laughs> was terrible. That was Objectively, that was bad. No, no, it was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't. I thought of it like yeah. It's for the it was like four seconds after you said it. And I was yeah. like, oh, fuck! I should have timed this up better. But I wanted to say it anyway. <laughs> Delivery was terrible. Uh, d- d- bad all around. See, um, I'll give you that one. My other <laughs> joke, I'm not going to say that one. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it. it had uh the bit the best premiere of a show on tnt in like something like yeah then it's like the past like several years several years yeah uh and then um which is incredible right except for it's tnt so i mean but like tnt you would think you know a a tv show like an action show or a drama show or you know one of their series that's not like an event show right like you know a series is one thing this is like a, an event and I, yeah. I'm, and, 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 now, and, and, and this has wrestling fans truly excited. Yeah. What I will say about this is major events like this will draw 
those high ratings, right? Those initial high viewers. And then, then it might they'll, taper they'll start off a bit. to teeter yeah. off a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think this has some some has has some legs, right? Has some it, momentum. It just might, man. If if they're able to come up with some really solid programming, but also one thing that I've personally and we could wrap this up, but uh, one thing that I've, I've been kind of disappointed with uh, WWE in is that they uh, they've gotten really away from just letting the wrestling sort of speak for itself. You know, they've gotten into I think. Uh, not saying that they haven't had good matches and all that stuff they have and in fact when you talk about like the women's division oh my god like the things that they're doing is actually more incredible than what they're doing in the men's division right now but um but i feel like sometimes they get too much into the storylines and it's just like just let the fucking wrestling speak yeah. for for itself um anyways and and i'm not a huge wrestling fan not like i you know i used to be yeah back i mean when you put this story on the card i didn't give a fuck about it yeah um i read the story and i was like ah, i still don't care um <laughs> <laughs> but uh i started i kept like thinking about it over the past um day uh or day or two and um it has been a i used to love wrestling right and there was a point in time where i stopped loving it because to your point it became too curated right yeah. you could tell that the writers were leading and and then the cat that who the characters really were who the wrestlers really were took a back seat to hey we're just going to write these stories yeah um this is an opportunity for wrestling to come back a little bit and again you let the characters lead the way and you build stories around that yeah so I like uh this. yeah so check it out wednesday nights uh aew and nxt all right. So let's um, jump into this before we go into the press play really quickly. Uh, this is a story that I read, and I'm glad you added this to the card. Um, nice, nice little title here: Fact versus Fiction. So Martin or, Scorsese, opinion, opinion versus Fact. What the fuck did I just say? Fact versus. It's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fact opinion versus, versus Fiction. Fact. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just to tee it up really quickly, Martin Scorsese, um, you know, one of the, if not. Uh, just say one of the one of the most well-known no, arguably speaking one of the you think one, he's of the, the, one of the greatest director yeah. if not the greatest director of all time so um scorsese uh, i don't really have to give too much background on the guy you should know him by now if you're listening to this podcast um i wouldn't say that i, I think that there are a lot of film fans out there who might not be because he hasn't of recent decades he hasn't i mean I mean, I guess you could say Wolf, Wolf of Wall, of Wall Street. Street. I, I guess you could say that, but not like it was back in the '90s and '80s. He was okay, there was nothing fair. he could do no wrong. That's fair back then, you know. But so he is a uh, a decorated filmmaker, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Um, similar to uh, what what uh, what was that fucking guy uh, Spielberg? Spielberg said yeah. uh, a few months back where uh, he kind of tried to knock streaming services like Netflix and the films that, uh, you know, go straight to these streaming services as not qualifying in the same category as true theater films. Uh, so Martin Scorsese really came out and recently came out and said, uh, a lot of these superhero movies, like, you know, the ones that we see produced in MCU are not film. Well, let me give the exact quote because this is going to speak directly to what I want to say about this. Here's exactly what he and and, and listen to the words because they're very, it's going to be very precise my critique of this whole situation. I don't see them. I tried, you know, um, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is uh, theme parks. Uh, it isn't uh, the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. That's the exact quote. 
from at least as far as this this article is concerned. Maybe they have a quote wrong, but that's to my knowledge, that's exactly what he said. Um, do you want to give your two cents and then I'll I'll jump in? I somewhat understand where he's coming from, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a movie like Infinity War, right? It's somewhat easier to make a film like that than, uh, let's say, what what is, is it? Is it easier to make this so, for so, a so film like Endgame? The characters are already there, right? And it's easy to make. Or I'm not going to say it's easy. There is seemingly. Uh, a easier path to making fictional superhero you know above man characters likable and lovable right you can essentially remove all of the human traits that you won't like you know you take a captain america right you just make him perfect that's all you got to do you make him perfect and likable and handsome that's it but there's a difficulty in still making captain america seem very much like a real person and convey that emotion that he's talking about. So I think what he's missing. So I, again, I, I agree with him that there might be an easier path to taking these fictional fake characters and you can create everything, you know, where you have the opportunity to create everything than it is to make a film with real people, right. Who have real complexities, who have to display real emotion. You have to create real story around them. That's rooted in reality and create something from that. But he's still bullshit, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's still complete fucking bullshit. Because a movie like Endgame, it checks every box that you would... If you put a list of 10 things that a film, a true film needs to have, I think a movie like Endgame is going to check every box. I think Spielberg, Scorsese, they're just res- somewhat resistant to what's happening in film right now, where these these movies like you know the like the joker that we're going to talk about in a moment like endgame they're getting so good like the writing is getting so good the story development so good the character is getting so great that they're competing on the same plane as a film that scorsese would would create right what he would deem as traditional film because the writing is strong this again the character development is strong and he's resistant to that like it's like you you love what you've done you like you love the past and it's easy to be nostalgic about that he loves the past he loves what old traditional filmmaking used to be somewhat resistant to where it's going yeah um now i think that all that is completely true um i think what i would add to that is there's a reason why i put opinion versus fact right because this is this is sort of what i hate in debate uh in 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 just our society right now right where and this is why I said pay close attention to the exact words that he said. The exact words that I'm talking about uh, are when he uh, when he says uh, he says an opinion that's dressed up as a fact. Right. He says the exact words, but that's not cinema. He doesn't uh, preface it with. I don't believe that cinema. He never says this is just my opinion. He yeah. just says blanketly. That's not cinema as if he were the arbitrator for what is cinema and what is not cinema. Yeah. And then further to that point, okay, comic book movies aren't cinema. Fine. What else isn't cinema to you? If you have a movie that's objectively not an introspective deep dive into uh, character studies, are those, is that not cinema to you? Yeah. Did somebody not go out and use a camera and use sound and use 
you know, all these sort of storytelling techniques uh, that might not be to your level of what you appreciate about films. And then, and then, okay, well, what if you have a movie that's in between, you know, but then forget all that. Right. If you have a movie, like you can take a movie, maybe like uh, maybe you take one of Tim Burton's Batman movies, right? Okay. Maybe fucking Batman forever. And I don't even know if Tim Burton did that, (laughs) but uh, Batman forever, Batman and Robin. Right. And you're like, "Uh, this isn't really cinema. Okay. You're going to try to tell me the dark Knight? That's not cinema. Yeah. It's hard to take that. Are you crazy? It's hard to take that down from the cinema category. There's so many themes, so many layers to it. So, so much conveyed in the film. So many, so many issues that they're dealing with. How can you not say that that's cinema? What box doesn't it check? And then even more ironically, Joker, you're going to try to tell me that's not a cinematic film. And ironically, I say ironically because the film borrows from his films. The the Joker is in no short and, and the film, Todd Phillips will admit, yeah, I borrowed from directly from Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy, which yeah. are two classic uh, Martin Scorsese films. Yeah. I mean, this uh, very much so uh, Taxi Driver. Exactly. Um, so it's rich that he would say and, and and here and I can't even claim that this is my own thing that uh, I, I was watching John Campia um, and uh, and one of the, his critiques of it was that uh, how are you going to criticize something if you actually haven't seen it? I think at uh, some point here he actually says I he uh, says I tried or yeah, I tried or like something to allude to the fact that he hasn't he doesn't actually watch them. Yeah, which I, I think that's bullshit too. If you haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, there's no way you don't watch the highest grossing movie of all time in, in a movie like Endgame. But I, I can see... Or have not can, seen any of the 23 MCU films it, that have been produced. If he's talking about his own opinion, I can see how he can say that Endgame isn't like cinema to him. I can see that because Endgame isn't really a deep character, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, analysis and, it, it, you know, the themes that they deal with aren't necessarily deep sort of themes. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, sure, there's there's ways you can kind of contort and contort that. But that that I can even see because it's like this big summer blockbuster, big explosions. And that's pretty yeah, much you, it. You can't tell me Tony Stark's character doesn't uh, over the have arc a deep of the character analysis yeah. over the arc of, of, the, of all the films. I, I can see that. But I can I can see what he's sort of saying. But again, this is the problem in 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 discourse today of saying something that's not an actual fact that is simply your opinion is dressed up as a fact but is just your opinion and look i don't give a fuck if you're martin scorsese and like a lot of people are and when i hear them talk about this like oh my god i must kneel to the altar look look i consider for one consider although taxi driver is kind of hard for me to sit through um but i remember watching raging bull and i remember that was one of the first times and I've watched movies all my life. That was one of the first. And I watched it as an adult. One of the first times that I just bawled out crying, not because I think the, they tried to make me cry, but because I just, I felt a deep connection to the film. Right. Yeah. And so I'm saying this with kind of, you know, and I know it's sort of bullshit when people say with all due respect, I'm trying to say with all due respect, um, good, good fellas. I believe that is the best movie of all time, but with all due respect, 
I don't give a fuck if it's Martin Scorsese, if it's Spielberg, kick fucking rocks. If you're if you're going to try to sit there and play arbiter to what is considered film uh, cinema and what's not, that that just means that you believe in gatekeepers. You believe in that your opinion is the supreme opinion because yeah. that's all it really is is an opinion. Don't try to give me this. Um, if you're if you're going to say uh, statements like oh this isn't cinema that you have to preface it with I believe yeah and if you don't you're I don't give a fuck if you've made the greatest film on earth I don't give a fuck what you're saying right now yeah no matter how great you are the tides will change eventually right um, the wind will blow in a different direction so whether you're Spielberg whether you're Scorsese Tim Burton there will come a time when what you're doing is is no longer I'm not gonna say no longer needed. But when it's when it's time for new people to kind of take the reins, right? Well, and, when there, when there should be a, a fresher approach to it. Yeah, when when things t- things change over time, right? Film changes. Film is going to evolve. It's going to adapt. There's going to be new technology. So the the style of filmmaking in in the '70s and the '80s, it is not the same style of filmmaking now. I mean, granted, there should there are a lot of things that will always remain in film and always should because it's tasteful right but to say that these like uh comic movies the joker uh the dark knight uh endgame are not film it's kind of bullshit that's just you being resistant to to change and not wanting to welcome or, or just what, what's happening today versus like what you're used to absolutely because the, the, the rules you're, that you said you don't want to see them change of course not right and, and 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 what this is 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 you're you're used to a day and age where you, and you were right what you said earlier like back in the day car- comic book movies were like kind of cartoonish you know yeah. and in so many ways because of like the tim burtons of the world where although you could argue his first the first batman movie wasn't necessarily cartoonish but when you start getting to batman returns and all that other shit yeah it's, it, it Robin, starts to get yeah. a little campy right but what they're doing and these days, especially with the film that we're about to talk about, it's incredible, you know, in terms of really being like, fuck it. It just won the fucking Venice Film Festival. You know, it got the highest uh, yeah. award there. There's a reason for that. And it didn't just get it because, oh, my God, this is a, they, they distinctly go out of their way not to give awards to comic book movies. Right. But they were forced to because they were like, fuck, this shit is good. This movie. Fire. Joaquin Phoenix's performance, uh, the way this film was produced and directed yeah. uh, could not be ignored. So I'm. I'm Glad we're, I'm excited to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about it here in a sec. But I'll cap this off by saying uh, Samuel Jackson and a lot of other celebrities are. Yeah, like, I wanted to get to his it. comments. Yeah. But I'll let you take um, this. Uh, so he just had comments that basically were saying like, look, um, there are a lot of people who uh, who don't like his films, you know, Scorsese's films, you know, um, that everybody likes kind of what they like, you know, and, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he, he said. Um uh, but that there, there are a lot of, uh, I believe it's like, I think he said Irish Americans or Italian Americans, uh, Italian Americans or wh- whoever who don't like the way that he always depicts Italians as these like mobsters and gangsters and, and thinks, uh, think that it's detrimental to their community. Um, so there are people who don't really respect his art, you know? Yeah. And it's like, how would you, and, and it, and I guess it's easy for him to brush the people off cause he's like, but they're still selling, you know? Yeah. But that's what the fuck the people who are creating comic movies are saying too motherfucker we're selling <laughs> like yeah. what the fuck are you talking about like not cinema bitch what's playing in the cinema right now exactly <laughs> well, you know when when was the last movie you did that grossed a billion dollars exactly right? yeah so as long as people are buying this shit it is what it is like, yeah it, it is what you say it is if people are buying it and people are doing it willingly if you make a film 
about a comic book character and people go to the if theaters you, if you to make see a film, that if film, if you it's put, a film. If you record something on a video, uh, you, I don't even, we're beyond even the age of where you have to have it in theaters. That goes back to the whole Spielberg thing. It goes beyond that. If you produce something, if you shoot it, if you have sound, if you have characters, if you have dialogue... I don't give a shit if it's the piece of work. Like, it could be Spider-Man 3 for all I fucking care. We all know. It's well documented how much I hate that fucking yeah. movie. It's still a it's fucking still a cinematic film. film. Yeah. So, Scorsese, love you, dude. Love your fucking films, yeah. but you can piss off with the that. Fuck out of here. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> out of yeah. here. As the Italians in your movies would say. Yeah. Uh, that, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's racist, but uh, we'll, we'll move on. From yeah, yeah I didn't classic. do it. Scorsese did it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Um... We fucking have arrived at uh, yet a fucking another one. Uh, we're here, ladies and gentlemen. We know you've been waiting on it. The fucking press play, Joker. Let's just jump right into the shit. There's oh, no man. need to play any fucking games. There's no reason to fucking deliberate. Uh, deliberate. Is that it? I deliberate? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Believe in so yourself. I'm so unsure of myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. Let, let let's talk about this uh, th- this film here. Um, like where do we even fucking start? I mean, let's dude. just start with the plot. Let's start with the yeah, plot. Yeah, uh, I was hoping you'd buy me a little more time so, so I can pull that up. I want to, you know, <laughs> premise the conversation we're about to have by saying, like, I I really put some thought into like how I felt about this movie. Yeah. Um, over the past day uh, since I've seen it, and one word keeps coming to me, you know, time and time again, and that's realism. And I said that mm. before we started this podcast. Yeah. Um, everything about this movie could be and i think a lot of it is real yeah uh how it dissects you know society today and uh, mental health and um uh the dynamics between the people who have and the people who don't have right yeah. uh relationships between like family and, and 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 sickness and how that can destroy a family right uh, so again we'll get into a lot of that but yeah the the, the word for me that sums this movie up is realism Dope. Uh, so uh, the synopsis of the film, Forever Alone in a Crowd, failed comedian Arthur Fleck uh, seeks connection as he walks the streets of Gotham City. Arthur uh, wears two masks. One he paints uh, for his day job as a clown and the guys he projects in a futile attempt to feel like he's part of the world around him. Isolated, bullied, and disregarded by society, Fleck begins a slow descent uh, into madness as he transforms into the criminal mastermind known as the joker Woo. um that right. was a good read thank you yeah, yeah very dramatic <laughs> uh okay so this film was um directed uh and co-written by todd phillips uh who's directed a lot of things uh the hangover series um and some other things that i'm currently now forgetting um and uh and uh also co-written by scott silver uh let's just jump into the fucking plot let's 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 let's, let's, let's dissect that uh how we will uh you want to pop it off so, and I'm, I was trying to pull pull something up here on my I can, phone. Yeah, I, can, I, I, can, I, can, I can I can banter for a few minutes. <laughs> I can't. Um, you want me to, want me to? So the plot of this movie, yeah, I might need a second here to put it up on my phone. Uh, I had some notes here. Like I said, I took some time to really think about, um, you know, how I felt about this particular movie. Why the fuck is it not on IMDb? Oh, well, there you go. Got it. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> so Joaquin's. Joaquin Phoenix's character Arthur Fleck, and I, I love where this movie started. It start it doesn't um, dive into his past and then fast forward to him as an, an adult. It's it starts as he's just a struggling adult living in uh, in in a society in a place and time that's not it's not 
these times aren't easy. I think in the conversation he's uh, having with his uh, therapist or his counselor, she says one thing that stood out to me and kind of like painted the picture for the movie is that, you know, times are hard right now. People are having trouble finding work. Uh, and then you get, you know, the st- you, you get the, the vibe throughout the film that the rich are doing really well and the poor aren't, right? Um, and that carries throughout the film for me. So it follows this struggling guy, Arthur Fleck, who's, you know, maybe dealing with some mental health issues. He's Maybe. He is dealing with some health issues. He's struggling identifying who he is. He's a grown man who's taking care of his mother who's mentally ill while he's mentally ill. He's not getting the type of support that he needs from the government, um, from these social services that are supposed to be there to help him. And slowly but surely, someone in that position is going to descend into into madness, right? They're going to be forced in, and it follows that journey down and up, Right? He goes down into this dark place where he somewhat redefines himself. And then you see his ascension out of that dark place as someone else. And unfortunately, that someone else is is somewhat of what society has created, right? What the people in the environment around him somewhat created this Joker. Um, I love the the perspective that this film tells. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the things that jumped off the map to me uh, about the film uh, is that for one, uh, story-wise, in terms of the plot, uh, they differ dramatically from what we know as sort of the classic Joker origin that, you know, he uh, falls in a vat of uh, uh, chemicals and that's yeah. how he develops, you know, the the smile that he develops and, and all that nonsense. Uh, you know, and I think Todd Phillips as well as Scott Silver, they were basically quoted in saying that, like, they wanted to stay away from that because that felt sort of artificial to them. You know, that felt not real just like what you're saying about the realism of the of, mm-hmm. of the film um that sort of uh aided it in that like if they if they went that route we would get a dramatically different yeah. story than we than we get get here um but uh but yeah but the, to piggyback off of what you were saying definitely when it comes to the whole mental illness aspect of it uh w- one note that i do have is, is uh so i went to go see this with uh my girlfriend and she I was afraid definitively that she was going to hate this film, you know, but one thing that she, uh, but she, she ended up really liking the film. And the reason why is because it, of its true sort of depiction of, um, mental health of, uh, not necessarily true in a way that everybody who has mental illness is going to start running around, and start shooting people. Yeah. But because it was like, okay, you have this dude who's sort of isolated from society and what happens? Funding gets cut. Uh, he no longer has access to the person that he he needs to talk to 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 kind of work through his things. But then he also doesn't have access to the the medication that he needs. Yeah. Uh, and he was taking seven different medications, and then you just take somebody off of that all at once. Yeah. Fuck. And what did she say to him before? You know, she told him that this is going to be our last time seeing yeah. each other. They don't care about you. They don't care about me either. Yep. Right. Exactly. How do you keep moving forward when the person who's supposed to be helping you? tells you something like that yeah it's like yeah, well, you're shit. fucked i'm fucked right <laughs> yeah um and then another thing i noticed uh really is this great detail for his descent into madness uh there are a lot of movies that are sort of painted like this like somebody's dis- slow descent into to, to craziness um but they're so detailed in it in that um like they do very small things like i don't know if you notice that once he starts kind of losing it for real for real um so he has this uncontrollable laughter right like that he has this card for and that it's a condition that he uh lasts at very (laughs) inappropriate times um but as soon as he starts sort of um 
allowing himself to just fall completely apart into and descend into that madness um his laughter then changes from being at inappropriate times to being at the times where they are appropriate. So it's like, yeah. it's almost like this psychological thing of, oh, now he's found himself. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and it was very sort of uh, 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 clever how they sort of did that, you know, not necessarily subtly, but um, subtly enough where, you know, um, where you start to see that, oh, he's starting to catch his footing, albeit with insane fucking things, but he's starting to understand who he is and or, or who he wants to be yeah. um and he even says it to um uh, glenn fletcher and and lie gill who are who play randall and gary the two other clowns that work with him yeah um remember they they pay him a visit to check yeah. on him see if he's okay mm-hmm. and he says to them like no like, i feel fine actually i yeah. feel great right yeah like you said he's found his footing right yeah. and now he's instead of falling he's now standing on two feet but unfortunately, you know, the reality of that situation is like where he's standing is not actually in a good place. Yeah. But ha- the feeling that, hey, I, I found myself, right? That's That can be refreshing at times, even yeah. if where you found yourself is in a dark place. Well, it's a, it's a scary thought to, because, and it, it's a scary thought because that's real. You know, all, all the people that, you know, I think, or not, maybe not all the people, I mean, that's like painting too broad of a stroke, but a lot of the people I think who, you know, kind of descend into madness like this, that's sort of what their thought pattern yeah. is. It's not like I know I'm crazy, uh, uh, but I'm still going to do all these things. It's like, you think you found it, like whatever it is that you, that, that, you know, um, you think you found your sanity when it's really, but to the rest of us, it's insanity, you yeah. know, but you feel like you found the san- the sanity. Uh, another thing I sort of notice is um, this sort of constant theme that we're all, uh, even the villains of us, we're all the heroes of our own stories. So all the people who say that this is glorifying the joke, you know, uh, violence and, and you know, this craziness, um, it, I think they, they they might be sort of reading into it. And I, although, I, and I'll talk about it a little later, in some parts of it, I think they do sort of glorify his his sort of violent streak and and all that but i think that what the, those people are sort of missing is is that of course it's sort of glorified because you can't make a movie like this without painting it from the picture like you're you're doing it from his perspective and if you're doing it from his perspective he's the hero of his story yeah you know uh he's not gonna be like i know i'm a shit bag and that's all there is to it it's like no like he he thinks he's doing something not necessarily even good but he thinks he's being better for what yeah. he's doing. Like know? when he uh, killed the three Wall Street uh, guys on the train, right? Yeah. Again, it looked from like his they were perspective, about to, like rape the uh, the the young lady, yeah. or at least. But know. again, from his eyes, from his perspective, he's the hero in that moment. Why? Because these guys, they were bad people. They deserved what they got. They had it coming. They were either going to rape this young woman, and then they attacked him. These aren't good people. Yeah he doing what he did was doing the right thing in his eyes. He's yeah. like, they, they deserve it. Yeah. Um, so that's not, uh, that's not glorifying violence. That's just telling a true story from his perspective. person's perspective. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll mention about the plot, uh, this doesn't really even have anything to do, or I guess it has somewhat to do with the plot. Um, one of the greatest scenes I think I've ever seen in any movie, hands down, was the scene towards the end, uh, the interview with uh, with De Niro's character? I have never seen something like that, and it, and, it, and it reminds me. And it was kind of lifted from the comic books in that um, there is um, 
uh, I think the Dark Knight Returns, there's a scene where the the Joker gets out of like a mental institution and his therapist is there and they're, you know, he again, it's just the same setup where he's being interviewed on national TV and he just kills everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's sort of that same thing, but oh my, the acting in it, the way that they shot it, the the dialogue, everything about it was special. Like was just, I know it's this gruesome thing that happens, but holy shit, was it just a mesmerizing scene where you have this conversation that's descending. You know it's coming. You know he's going to do something insane. But it's just, holy shit, like it, it still hits you differently than I think, uh, uh, you know, it just was masterfully sort of put together. Um, again, the way that they shot it, but then also Joaquin Phoenix as well as uh, Robert De Niro's performance yes. uh, in that scene. Um both were amazing and then that the, the cherry on top was that okay so he shoots de niro's uh he shoots murray right and then everybody obviously panics and runs and then what is he he, he like he genuinely doesn't know what to do so he does it and he's like any he, i think to him at least this is the way that i'm viewing it he thinks it's funny and so he's like he's about to like laugh and shit and then every, he sees everybody panicking he's like and then he like doesn't know what to do with himself and he kind of like he straightens up, up a little and bit he and he's like, uh, and, he's like yeah. starting to dance but then he stops and he's like all right i'm just gonna leave yeah <laughs> like oh my god that was such because a fucking he's memorizing, even memorizing in those scene. moments like even though he at this point he's killed he doesn't a total get of, it <laughs> what he killed the three men on the train he killed uh, he killed, uh, uh his randall yeah. the 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 clown and yeah. uh now oh, his mother yeah uh, so yeah, this is his crazy. like fifth kill, right? Yeah. But he's still unsure of like, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm I just, just doing it. <laughs> I just know that I'm here. Yeah. Right. And I'm I'm this new person, but I'm still f- discovering this. Yeah. Um. That's what I felt from my. You know, I, I got the too. vibe like he doesn't really. He still he doesn't, doesn't know it. what he's doing yet. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's let's move on to the characters here, and the casting for the film was done by um, uh, Shay- uh Shayna uh markowitz um and i I'll, I'll start this off uh i think uh one of the best castings for this film and i and i and i loved every bit of all the casting for this film from mark Marin, robert de niro uh to uh wh- who my runner-up is for my mvp is uh zazie beats uh i think that she knocked it the fuck out of the park uh i think and I'll, and I'll say this to the plot. It was a little predictable what happened with the character, but it, I, I didn't mind it. You know, I I thought it was predictable, but do also, you think he killed her? I, I was asking the same question. I don't know. I don't know. There yeah. was no signs of it, but then I'm like, he's crazy. So probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like how they, they didn't feel a need to have to go back there. Right. They just and, left it. And I don't know yeah. if it would have added to the story or not, Yeah. but I don't think he did, but again they didn't go back so we don't know yeah um i I thought i thought she just had a a crazy good subtle performance you know it wasn't over the top it was very just kind of like it it it, it, she did exactly what the role called for which is be a background character but a very a very subtle but important background character um that it, it was subtle enough that you didn't really you noticed her but you didn't really focus on her uh which you could say about all the characters in in a film outside of uh joker himself but um it was just very muted but also spot on 
Uh, and so she gets my runner up. Of course, my MVP, Joaquin Phoenix. There's really nothing more I, I can say that everybody else hasn't said already. Just a f- insanely great performance. Um, his level of detail from the laughter. You know, I know he. You know, I watched a lot of interviews where he. You know, mentioned that he worked on the laughter for for you know for the longest time. That it took him a lot of time to perfect to his body. Um, that he lost a, a dramatic amount yeah. of weight. I think fifty or sixty pounds that he lost for the for the role. Um, uh, to you know, little things that he added in, like the dance movements. You know, I think that wasn't something that uh, Todd Phillips necessarily called for in the script, but he kind of added in that. But did but fit like a fucking glove yeah. into the film. It it, it wasn't it was uncomfortable to watch, but it was very much that character. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like to me, I'm watching it like, yo, what, what is the this dude fuck doing? Is he doing? But yeah. like, it fits the character so well that you you kind of stop questioning it after the first time you see it you stop questioning it because you're like this is just who this character is yeah um so yeah i think there's there's not and i'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on that but um yeah i think joaquin phoenix uh and i'm still kind of in the fuck the oscars sort of mentality but if he doesn't win an oscar for this i don't who else who i mean who unless you just give it to fucking brad pitt or or DiCaprio. i mean look look brad pitt had a great role but there's no way you're going to convince me that brad pitt and ad astra outperformed, outperformed yeah. fucking and Joaquin Phoenix in this So, movie. of course, I'm going to follow suit here. Joaquin Phoenix is clearly the MVP of this film, and I've I've always liked Joaquin Phoenix. We talked about Stars, or um, Signs, recently in a film that you didn't really like, but I think Joaquin... I didn't like the rewatch, but yeah. I, I like like. I think, I he, I think he did very well in that film. Um, Gladiator, yeah. there was... Um, what is what is it? We Own the Night? Was, that, uh, was he in that? I don't know. I didn't watch that. Yeah, it was We Own the Night. Then it was like We Were Never Really Here. Like He's done a lot of movies that I've really enjoyed. Uh, this particular one, I think I think this is I think this is his masterpiece. I think I, this it has is to be, yeah. His greatest body of work. Um, I mean, Her was a great film, but I think this is clearly it. So he gets the MVP, like you yeah. said. Uh, you can tell that there was a dedication and a commitment to this role. Um, on the interview with uh, Zach Galifianakis and, and Keanu Reeves on uh, Between Two Ferns, Keanu Reeves, Zach Galifianakis, Zach Galifianakis, yeah. Galifianakis? Galifianakis. When yeah. you say it slow, it's difficult. It you really have to is. say it fast. Yeah. Galifianakis. Yeah. See how easy that was? When you say it slow, <laughs> it fucked you up. He asked yeah. Keanu Reeves, he's like, you know, so when you uh, when you take a role, like, do you study? Do you do any studying for the characters? And Keanu Reeves like, yeah, of course. And then Zach Galifianakis goes, oh, it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not sure if you've seen that interview. No, but I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Uh, is, I want to watch it between the different I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I think Keanu Reeves genuinely wanted to kill <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. He was like, to a point where in the interview, he was like, um, when Zach Galifianakis says, oh, it doesn't seem like you do any like uh, uh, studying or uh, preparation for your roles. And, and then Keanu Reeves is like, well, you know, I'm acting like I want to be here. You know, how am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, that just kind of takes me back to the fact that you can tell that much like Heath Ledger did in his Joker performance that Joaquin wanted to make sure that if he's going to take this role on, he does the job well. He creates his own Joker. He studied, I mean, you know, having lost the weight, you know, making sure his body could sell this character, right? Because uh, if he was big and buff, it wouldn't do it. If he was, uh, you know, fat and sloppy, wouldn't do it. If he was, you know, more like chauvinistic and charismatic and charming, like we saw with um, uh, who's the guy Dallas Buyers Club? Oh, Jared Leto. Uh, Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have really had. 
did well, this particular I, character justice. I was thinking about that a little bit and I was like, they're just two completely, obviously two in very two different spheres yeah. in terms of like Suicide Squad, you know, the travesty that was that movie. They didn't really give um, uh, Jared Leto that much to work with in terms of allowing him to do some very interesting things. They just kind of presented this wacky, crazy yeah. Joker. You're the yeah. crazy yeah. mad Joker, right? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's this, probably what the character, this was like a actual character study yeah. of like, okay, well how does somebody become that sort of homicidal maniac? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and I, th- I, I think you get that in the fur in the opening minutes of the movie, you know, the, the laugh, right. And how long the, the laugh goes and on. how uncomfortable it is to the point. Very yes, uncomfortable. Were, I was like, you know, damn, like this is going on longer than to the thought. point where like it, you could see like it hurts him. He keeps like, yeah, holding on the, to the this, cough like, yeah. and the and the scratch, and you could tell it, it's not something he enjoys either, right? It's yeah. just a part of who he is. So anyway, Joaquin Phoenix gets the MVP here. Uh, one of the other MVPs, which for me really shed light onto like who um, Arthur Flack was. I mean, of course, Zazie Beetz did a phenomenal job. What I love about her performance is that. When you do your job so well, people don't know it's been done, right? Yeah. If you, you know, if you take your car to the shop, right, and, and you get something fixed by a mechanic, it's as if the problem was never there to begin with, right? Yeah. It just goes away. Problem is fixed. I'm. You drive down the street, you're like, oh, it's fixed. You never think about it again because it was done right, right? That's what she did. She showed up to work. She did a phenomenal job. She didn't do anything she didn't do too much of this too much of that she was there then she wasn't that to me is the mark of a great actor when they can be so real that you kind of don't remember them yeah right and and when i say don't remember them i don't mean that in a bad way at all i mean what i mean is she did her job she played the role so well yeah that's all we needed from her yeah right so shout out to her she did a phenomenal job but um Penny Fleck, who's played by uh, Francis, uh, Francis uh, Conroy. Uh, I think I know where you're going with this. Over, it was particularly the scene where she was in the bathtub, right? Yeah. And he's bathing her. And that in and of itself was very weird. It was very uncomfortable, right? And yeah. For this, and, and she was sick, but she was able-bodied, mm-hmm. right? She could have bathed herself. So why does and, and a bath in that she could have taken a shower, right? Well, I, I think that was maybe to highlight the the close nature between them, the close close nature, the absence of a father in the home, mm-hmm. um, a relationship that's just it's a weird relationship, right? Yeah, it, it was a weird relationship, but I think that I'll let you go. Yeah, go uh, why her character? I mean, and she did a her performance was phenomenal, right? That's what I was going to say myself. I I did out of everybody. Phenomenal might be a, that might, she had a great performance. I didn't, I I didn't like it at all. You Uh, didn't out of everybody in a film. And look, I think everybody actually does do a great job with the film. I think, but her specifically, I was just like, nah, like I, I, and then look, I, uh, she, I know her from where I know her from is, uh, I used to watch, uh, how I met your mother. And she, yeah. she was, uh, she, she played, a uh, the role of Barney's mom on, on, um, Loretta, I believe her name was on how I met your mother. Um, I thought she was good in that. Um, I thought she was okay in this, but I think everybody else, it's like, it's like if you're playing a pickup game of basketball, right. And, uh, you know, you got some people out there who are just doing some flashy ass shit, you know, just like this guy, one dude hits threes, the other dude's fucking dunking on people, the other dude's just really good at passing. Then you get that one is just like, 
I mean, he's okay. He's running up and down the court. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's a hustler, I guess. <laughs> no, but see, I think she matched Joaquin in the roles that they, uh, in the moments on screen that they shared in sure. terms of um, not necessarily playing up her character too much, but really showing the dynamic of their relationship, right? Like their chemistry to me felt very ingenuine. It was uh, felt genuine. It was very weird, right? Like a mother and a son shouldn't really have a relationship like this, but I understood it at the same time, right? It felt very real, which is why I think her performance really allowed us to better understand him, his background. And she kind of like set him up, right? She, she wasn't, scoring points in the basketball game right yeah. but she did give him the alley-oop okay yeah, that's why it. i really liked her performance um but again joaquin phoenix is just the mvp yeah um in terms of who to me just didn't fucking show up didn't really do their job was uh and, and i do like this actor uh shay wigham wigham who plays uh detective burke I, I don't i just don't think they gave them enough to do they mean but it's like at least sell to me that you're a Gotham City <laughs> <laughs> police detective. Well, maybe that's why we have Batman, because we got police officers like that. You, you know what this felt like to me? It felt like he lost his job, right? <laughs> when, he, when he was uh, 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 assigned to the Toretto, uh, Paul, <laughs> who was Paul? Brian, Connor, Brian, and yeah. Toretto. When he was assigned to that case, yeah, he lost that job because he was in um, Furious 7. I think he was in 6 and 7. Okay. He lost that job. He got reassigned <laughs> to this case in Gotham City. <laughs> Fucked this one up too. Yeah, yeah. Because he shot an innocent person on that train. Yikes. But again, I just didn't like his performance in, in the, you know, if, if you're two detectives and like you really think that, hey, this guy might be our killer, sell it a little bit more. I, I just, yeah. I, I didn't get anything from them. Like, it yeah, seemed like I, the police that, that had one no I, fucking idea. But what that one, doing. I don't. I distinctly don't blame that on them so much as I, yeah. I feel like it's more of a direction sort of thing. I think that maybe they kind of had that as a true, everything else is kind of an afterthought in a film in terms of every other character. But I think they distinctly dropped the ball. I think directing wise on that, I think they could have sure. asked. I mean, and that could very well be true. It's like, are, but like, are you the just dumb cops? Are you the, are you the dirty Gotham City cops? Yeah. Like, because if you if you watch the Batman, uh, whether you look the comic books, whether you like the TV shows, re- movies, the police officers in Gotham City play a very significant role in, you know, a lot of a lot of the characters with the Batman, with the Joker, and these cops kind of did. Like they didn't really have a purpose in the film. No, no, they. I got a little. They, quote. they clocked in. They clocked out. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> I got a little quote later dealing with them. But uh, let's jump into the cinematography. Cinematography was done by Lawrence Shear. Um, uh, um, one of the things that I appreciated so much about the film were, uh, and I'd have to see it again in order to really speak to the editing of the film. But in terms of the cinematography, strictly speaking, um, the longer takes, I thoroughly thought were very great stylistic choices uh that uh i think and again i'd have to see the film again in order to, and i think cinematography is always the thing where i need to watch the film again yeah in order to develop a better sort of coherent t- so i can not necessarily pay attention to the plot because i already know the plot by then but i can start paying attention to those little details as far as the cinematography but one of the things that did jump off the page immediately i mean were the longer takes like the one specifically that i'm remembering was was when he was following um uh zazie beats his character and i forget her name in, in in the film but um uh he when he's following her 
and uh it's just this like one steady take uh this this one where the camera they just plop the camera down and you just see him as he's following her and then he kind of turns around puts his hoodie up yeah and he's uh, just like and he just doesn't know what the fuck to do uh all of that is just one take that or or, or uh yeah one take but uh it's just one steady shot yeah um and i think i appreciate that and especially in a film like this that it, it's a it's a it's a slow burn at times um i think that in order to have that effect you need shots like that where it's just the the camera's just stagnant you're not trying to do some jason Bourne. let's just cut the shit up and yeah. have eight thousand different cuts within you know the span of like a minute um and i thought that that was very necessary and it makes you uncomfortable at times like so for instance when he's like laughing instead of like us doing like a real quick cut it's like it just stays on them and you're just like yeah i feel deeply uncomfortable <laughs> with yeah. what's going on right now and i think that lends to it and i think that the way they shot the film was was perfect uh for uh for what, what they needed um out of it to con- convey the the message that they, they they wanted to yeah uh cinematography huge win for me in this film like there are three moments that really uh stand out for me um his walks home i remember the first well, after he goes and pick up, picks up his final prescriptions, mm-hmm. his walk home, you read. So, New York, beautiful mm-hmm. city, right? There are some parts of New York that are very uh, kind of like run down, just not nice places. And they managed to capture the environment really, really well. They didn't paint it up too much as Gotham City. Like, you knew they were in New York. Um, and you can see how much, like, the, the way this guy's living environment may have uh, played a role on his. Uh, in his like descent into madness, right? But the cinematography captured the city really well, right? Both daytime and nighttime. Um, the subway scene, right? Like capturing that environment. If I can cut in real quick, do you know what movie that I kind of liken it to that really, to me, was one of the films that I watched where like, oh my God, this captures New York is ironically, not, or not ironically, but weirdly enough, uh, coming to America. I remember watching coming to America as a kid thinking, holy shit, this is like grimy as fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that's what New York is. Like, yeah. it's not like this, like sometimes it's like this super glamorous it's thing. Not but also sometimes it's just Central Park and Manhattan. Shit. Beautiful yeah. all the time. Sometimes you get down in the boroughs and, and, Yo, and it's and grimy. Yonkers and Queens. Especially and in that Brooklyn. era. Like, I think this was like early 80s that this yeah. was supposed to be the time period it's of. Grimy. Yeah, I think it, it captured This is early sure. Brooklyn, not yeah. <laughs> gentrified <laughs> uh, Starbucks bar. on every corner dirty and the cinematography captured that really well um and and gotham city is a character in and of itself in the batman story um and i think they made the city and the environment a character as well in this particular movie um lastly after he commits those first three murders on the train uh the run oh i absolutely um it, I thought it was perfect. It was long. What, it was intense. What's disturbing about it is I don't even know if that's how he runs, but it, I don't know if he tried to do that on purpose or not, but it fucking was like, this is how a clown or, or somebody who's like a fucking failed clown would run. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> I don't know how, maybe it's because of the big clown feet. I don't know, but yeah. it was fucking spot on. The run was, it was like, it was a, like an intensity and, and an uncomfortableness to it, right? Yeah. And then uh, when he runs into like the bathroom stall at the at the basketball court and then the dance scene. Yeah. Right. And like how you can tell that it was very intimate, right? You can tell that there was somebody with a handheld camera really like up, almost up against him as they're filming this particular scene. It was 
uncomfortable it was intimate it was eerie there was like a kind of intensity to it as well i thought that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie like i remember watching that scene and like there were some scenes where they were so close to his face and you're you're really capturing uh both like the look in his eyes and the the i don't even know what you'd call that the facial expression because it's like he just committed three murders but he's like he loved it. He enjoyed Glee. it. Right? Yeah, he was and, happy. And, and it wasn't like they zoomed in. Like, no, the camera was like right there on his face. And then yeah. I, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. And that actually leads into uh, our last uh, aspect of it here, which is the, the soundtrack, uh, which uh, the music was done by uh, Hildur Gunadotir. Um, and um, uh, especially during that scene, um, but then also with a lot of other scenes, the score for the film was immaculate immaculate nothing short of it now they did borrow from some other you know source material uh like i remember I, I remember hearing this um this this main theme that they had for him right where it's just like dun, 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 dun. and i kept thinking where are i fucking i noticed him somewhere and i remembered uh watching taxi driver and getting that same vibe and so i went mm. back and listened to some of the music from taxi driver and sure enough you you hear a lot of those sort of that that sort of theme music and then also it was a little jazzy you had a you had a you know some jazz elements in yeah. there um and i think that fits not only the vibe of the film but the time period you know that that's sort of around that time period of the films that were actually made during that time period that that's sort of the vibe you would you would feel from them was like this and that's totally scorsese right like this sort of jazzy like if you go back and again you watch um i never watched the king of comedy although i'm kind of interested to go uh, go see it now um but if you watch taxi driver you definitely feel those sort of same vibes but i think it, it 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 in so many ways capture the essence of his character so much to the point where I, I remember reading about how he was having a hard time grasping the character until he heard uh todd phillips played some of the score for him um and he heard uh hilder's uh, uh score and then that's when he started developing the 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 dance and dance, the dance yeah. had nothing like there there wasn't again there wasn't anything written in the script about the dance and then he just is like this is just what I'm feeling. And yeah. then that's when he started. That's when it kind that's of when the character the started to really form. develop, yeah. uh, which is so like, it's just so organic to the film that you're just like, the two are married, you yeah. know? Um, and, and so I thought the soundtrack was great, but not only the, the, the score for the film, but then also the soundtrack, they had so much Sinatra in this. They had so many, one of my favorite songs, which is, uh, I remember one of the songs from, um, uh from uh, uh the lost boys uh um when you're strange um uh when you're strange people remember your that was in the film um they, they they had so much music that i thought was just perfect for the film they had obviously scorsese or not scorsese's uh at least sinatra's version of send in the clown which was you know very yeah. appropriate and, and fitting for the film um their choices really were perfect as far as the music and the score were concerned i I thought that that was that was it entrenched you in the film and it it made you feel something you know uh, yeah which i think is the point of of the soundtrack yeah we've done many uh uh press play movie reviews where we talk about how like the absence of sound um really lend a hand to the film right in this particular movie it's, it's the the very present music is what sets the tone 
right? Whether it's like an old school, or whether it's a Sinatra or it's like a 50, 50s swing band, right? I remember the scene where him and his mother, or I think he's just watching TV and his mother just went to bed and there's that like old black and white and they're, you know, a, a, um, a swing jazz band is playing and right. And we got to remember like in this film, he's like a 30 year old man, right? Yeah. Um, and this film is set in like the 80s. So he was then he had to have been born in like the mid to late 50s right so he's of age so so the music kind of has to follow both the time in this place that they're in as well as reflect the age of the person right yeah and it does that very well um it sets like an eerie creepy tone uh it makes his dance moves and his mannerisms comes to life a little bit more yeah but i also like like the scene where he's coming down the steps right and you get that more like you get that current rock i forget what the song was yeah uh it's like that oh oh, let's go yeah Uh, oh i don't know who that band is but it's like yeah i forget it's it's kind of like it's that song you hear in in every uh teen you know but it has a completely different movie right yeah um that scene where he's coming down the steps and he's dancing, I mean, there's no way you're not going to be in the movie theater and you're not going to have a huge smile on your face because it's just like... So weirdly enough, that's like one of my scenes that I'm like, they're kind of glorifying it a little bit. Like, come on. They like they made him look like a fucking rock star. <laughs> like, after fucking, he's got the fresh paint on his face. Yeah. You know, he's got the nice suit on. He's dancing, you know. And, and it's like the, the movie is so dark and sometimes it's like a slow burn and then there's a moment like that that's just like fun right yeah. at the end of the day the joke but it's right after he stabs somebody in the neck which yes, is why i'm right? saying it's, and it's like, like glorified like what a <laughs> yeah. what a what a what a what a change right but yeah. like you know the joker is a fun character in the batman uh you know universe right he is one of the more loved characters because he's wacky and crazy and i think that scene was very much the Joker scene. <laughs> uh, so again, I, I love what they did with the music. There are times yeah. when it was uh, it was eerie and it's creepy and it, it made you feel uncomfortable. Then there are times like this when it's fun and exciting. It brings the character to life and adds a different dynamic. Um, so the score, incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, we're at the end here. Uh, let's just do a, a few extra notes here. Um, um, my first extra note is, would you believe that this film... At least, I guess it's estimated. Guess what the budget for this one was? Ten million. No, got ten million for big. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hollywood I went really low ball. Yeah, you um, really did. One hundred fifty million. Fifty-five. Fifty-five. Holy shit! Fifty-five million they did this for. That's at least that's what uh, according to IMDb, I think. Uh, mm. This. this I wonder what Joaquin Phoenix's contract looks like then. <laughs> did he take like a you know use these low budget movies? The actor may take a percentage of the profit. I'm sure. I'm sure some something like that is, is probably worked into it, uh, and also because he has like eighty percent of the screen time for the film. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming if, he, if he's he, a smart he man, he took a, a humble salary. Yeah. Um, but hey, I'm gonna need three percent of <laughs> global revenue. Yeah, because this um, movie's already done what two hundred fifty million worldwide. Has it? I, worldwide. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what it is worldwide. I know the last numbers I saw was uh, it was like two thirty eight globally yeah um, domestically i know it did about 90 some some odd million yeah it's yeah. it's definitely uh, pushing 300 million worldwide at this yeah point. it has to be uh, and it hasn't even opened in uh china and i nor do i think that they there's any realistic chance of that happening yeah i mean china just banned south park right <laughs> just because it's addressing like the the riots that are going on in china right now and i don't think yeah. this movie 
obviously the Joker incites riots. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't think this movie is going to yeah, be too. Yeah, uh, they're not going to be like, hey, yeah, let's just play that. <laughs> um, also, uh, I-, I thought, wholly speaking, the Thomas Wayne slash Bruce Wayne scene at the end where you see the origins of Bruce. We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but uh, I thought it was wholly unnecessary. I didn't really need it. It was just or or come at it from a different direction, meaning yeah. that like maybe just do like a news story. Like maybe it's like a report that they do that. Oh, my gosh, Thomas Wayne was murdered and his wife was murdered and all that is left is his son, Bruce. I, I didn't need to see it because we've already seen it 8000 fucking times. For me, this was tying up loose ends, right? It was like tying tying the knot. When I saw that scene, like, you know, the, the madness is going on and people are looting and rioting in the streets and you're like, holy shit, what's going on? And then you see Thomas Wayne leaving the theater with his wife and Bruce and like, that's when I'm like, I was literally in theaters and my mouth was open and I was like, is this it? Like, is this like how it happened? And then you see them go down that back alley and, and uh, you see the, the gunman follow them and it happened just like you saw in, I believe it was uh, Batman Begins. Or, yeah, okay, yeah. Batman Begins, sure. Just like you saw in Batman but Begins. that's literally the same way they showed in every yeah. fucking movie. The gunshot, the <laughs> yeah. snatching of the, his, the, pearls, his, yeah. the pearls, you know, the look on his face. And then, for me, it all made sense. I was like, holy shit, that's how it happened. Like, that is how the Joker and Batman are forever intertwined together. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just a couple other things. Uh, so, yeah, the the cops, uh, they, they failed us in not only one way, but failed us in multiple ways in this film. Um, they, they failed us in a way that, uh, all right, so you, you have the Joker who just killed somebody on national TV, right? You got him in your cop car. You're driving. There's riots. Why is there only one cop car? Yeah. You would think the, there would be the fucking ambulance fucking ran brigade. into it and that was it. And they had enough time to pull him out of the car, put him on the hood, uh, and then do a little dance. Stitched up some of his wounds. <laughs> yeah. He did his taxes, you know. Like, <laughs> and, and the reason why I was so disappointed in the performance of the police officers is because they play a significant role in both Gotham's, Gotham City, the relationship between the police and Batman, the police and, and the criminals throughout Gotham. So I really wanted them to have a bigger presence in this movie that didn't yeah. come through. Yeah. It was just, uh, that was a weird part for me. Uh, and then, um, th- another thing, a small thing is, is like, uh, there's so many fucking things you can dissect about this movie. But one of the things that sort of stood out to me was, is the reason why the violence in this movie feels different. Why I think people are kind of justified in saying it's a little brutal. The reason why isn't and people have been comparing to other movies that it's insane that you would say this movie's violent compared to other movies no there's a reason why you think it's why there are people who think it's more violent it's because it's so visceral Mm -hmm. meaning that like in other movies like if you look to like a john wick three or of course there's more fucking violence in like a john wick right the movie than this but the reason why is because we clearly know that's unrealistic yeah this completely fucking realistic where he just he's on a fucking train and he just starts shooting people and it's just like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, I'm just, yeah. I'm just doing shit. Um, and it's so real. You there know? was like it's an so, intensity to it. Too. And it's like, an intensity and I, there's a realism to it in that it happens. And it's not like the camera cuts or like it was like, done. it's like he does it and he doesn't really, uh, there's no, he doesn't really understand what he's doing at the time that he's doing yeah. it, but he does it anyways. That's what makes it so much fucking realer, yeah. you know? And at the same time, he's justified too. Right. But, here's the thing though i think that they purposely did that 
that's why it all feels justified right because he like so for the dudes right it's because he the the he they're hassling the woman and they might end up raping her or you know that's the vibes we were sort of getting and they start hassling him start beating him up um and then you have uh his reasoning start to become more more obscene like his mother lied to him his entire life and she was crazy um murray embarrassed him on national tv multiple times yeah you know? randall um, uh set him up set him you know, up. gave him the gun the so. only murder that i think didn't really make any sense or that was sort of like the nod to like oh no he's definitely crazy that wasn't clearly wasn't justified was potentially the death at the end of his therapist right like it's sort of highlighted that perhaps he killed his therapist with you know him having with her uh, the last scene but then him you see him walking away and he's got you know he's leaving the red prints on the ground so it's like highly implied that he either did something to her or killed her um which is like why the fuck did he do that you know um uh that's the only one that clearly isn't and by that time it's like no he's full on joker by that by that point in time um but everything else I feel like was justified in a way in, in some sort of weird way. Um, and then the last, uh, uh, the last thing I'll, I'll say is, is that there's a difference between this descent into madness and then other descents into madness. Like I remember watching, I have, I recently went back and watched American psycho um, just on its own. I, I just, for something reminded me of the movie and I was like, let me watch this movie all the way through. Cause I actually don't think I've actually sat, I've seen it in bits and pieces, but I never actually sat through the entire movie. Um, there's a dramatic difference between something like this where mm-hmm. you get it. Like I understand why he's crazy in American psycho. He's just crazy for the sake of being crazy. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of themes there to, to parse apart in American psycho. But with this, it's a linear story where you get, it's just as crazy as American psycho in a lot of ways, but more coherent. And I yeah. think it's one of the best movies to, to, to ever do that. At least that I've seen. And again, like in, in my last note here, again, it goes back to realism, right? Imagine living in a situation like this where you do have a mental illness, right? And and you're going to see a therapist who clearly does, you know, who clearly doesn't give a fuck, yeah. right? Who, as he said, like she doesn't listen to him. She's just doing her job. She's just signing off, signing the paper at the end of every session. Um, she doesn't care. The system doesn't care. The government doesn't care. Um, they cut funding for the department. So it's like, what is, what is he supposed to do now? Right. Yeah. He's living in a shitty environment with an unfit mother, um, the kids, he's a fucking clown on the side of the road trying to make people laugh. The kids steal his sign, beat him up, and there he is on the train. He sees this woman getting uh, harassed, right, by these three guys. And then they turn and they start to harass him for the second time in like three days. He's getting his ass kicked again for doing nothing. So when he killed those first three guys like it was uh, to me i was shocked i was oh shit like this is okay you know we're here now and and the reason why i say it was justified is because like there were a lot of things that happened along the way to get him there and for a lot of people you know in real life you know things slowly but surely push you to, to the edge right and all you needed was one moment where somebody helped you one moment where somebody was like kind to you, was nice to you, held the door for you, picked you up when you fell. Well, I think that's why he comes up with the Zazie Beats character, like why why he sort of looks to her and kind of creates her. That yeah. And 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 if you notice, she justify or she uh she let him know that everything that he was doing was okay. And I think that that's an important part of it is, is that you never really want to feel alone. No matter what anybody says or does, they don't really want to feel alone. Yeah. So you always need somebody to like kind of co-sign with you, which is why you see a lot of these people who are online, who 
form these like you know in, in these you know whether it's 4chan or 8chan now yeah why they seek other people out who yeah. are like-minded you know um and then the very last thing that i'll say is um fuck now i forget the last thing i was gonna say uh <laughs> so i guess i won't say it um but anyways uh fucking fantastic fucking movie this movie uh uh joker uh what I propose is that at the end of the year versus uh, us waiting for the Oscars, I think we should just go ahead and dress up and do our own fucking fucking award show and hand out all sorts of crazy awards. That's a Joker great might idea. pick up. It might pick up award. It might. It might. It might. I'm going to have to knock out a lot of movies this year to give an honest assessment. Yeah. Um, well, I got a list. I got yeah. a list. Yeah. yeah. So, I'll, so uh, uh, yeah. and I mean, that's why we're here, right? That's why we're doing this podcast is to, you know, give real honest feedback and actually do the work of actually seeing these films and critiquing it at a high level. So, damn, end of the year might just be fun. Yeah, it'll be fucking dope. Um, but uh, either way, we've re- arrived at the end of this press play. We uh, press play on the Joker. You certainly hope you already did. Uh, if you didn't, then uh, whoops. Sorry about this whole podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, assuming that you did, um, let us know what the fuck you think. Uh, we don't just want to you know, flap our gums about this. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know what the fuck you thought about Joker, uh, what direction you thought it came from, what themes you thought it dealt with, and uh, how you liked it. Yeah. Let um, us know what you're hearing, too. There's, there's been a lot of really interesting critiques about this film. So yeah. um, if you heard an interesting oh, perspective that's what or I, angle. That's the thing that I was going to. Uh, my one critique about it is that they didn't. The, the 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 Joker is a criminal mastermind, and they never really kind of even allude to that. Like he's just kind of killing random people, but he's never really like a criminal, you but know, the, like the, a, a criminal in a sense of like he's like masterminding. Anything. Yeah, this is the beginning of that, though, right? So I think, but I feel like you should th- give us a bone, something like yeah. that shows that he's like plotting, you know. Yeah. Or, well, I think know. Joaquin Phoenix did that outside of the film. Like he recently in an interview said that, like, um, they asked him if there was going to be a sequel, and he was like, you know. This the story to tell from here is limitless. Yeah, right. Like you can go anywhere from where they left this movie off, and they left it in a great place. I, I don't. I don't want a sequel. Don't yeah. give me a sequel. No, no. And, and yeah. that's exactly what I said to uh to like my team that I was talking to earlier today. Like this movie was so good that I think a sequel Deserves. is going to muddy the water. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. just leave it alone. But uh, again, phenomenal film. We'd love to hear what you thought about it. Um, we'd love to hear some of the critiques that you're hearing and 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 what your opinions are on those opinions. Um, uh, except for uh, if your opinion is like Martin Scorsese, then <laughs> fuck that. It's not cinema. <laughs> but um. Ah. Yeah, have we arrived at the end? Yo, we're, we're there, ladies and gentlemen. If you hung with us this long, we appreciate you as always. But uh, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and most importantly, hey, uh, sh- uh, share the fucking podcast with anybody and everybody who you know would benefit from from it, which would be, of course, everybody. Uh, but uh, with that being said, I think we are going to do uh, what we usually do: get the fuck out of here. Use your protocol. Fade out. Peace. I like that way you do that right there. I, I hate everything about what's going on right now. I think it's all terrible. Ching.